Hey, this is Elisa from Spoken Views Reno, and you're listening to Up in the Mix. Welcome to another edition of Up in the Mix, coming to you hot from the Honeycomb Hideout. This is Sean, a.k.a. The Truth, a.k.a. The Super Nicest, a.k.a. The Nar, Mr. R, a.k.a. Not the Black Dude You Thought I Was. This is Caesar, a.k.a. De La Foto, your favorite neighborhood Mexican, Ernesto, Captain Kulo, Coach, Mr. Bruncher, Loco, also that poppy with the dad body, <laughs> the brown man in the yacht club. How the fuck did he get here? El Hombre de la Genta, the habitual line crosser, and the fucking honey badger. So. Yeah, how's... Back. We're back. It's hot as fuck. Yeah, it's hot August nights indeed. It's Friday night. I think it's the, over now, but it's definitely. It's hot. No, I'm just saying the nights in The nights August are, are, yeah, hot. yes. Uh, but uh, the Honeycomb Hideout is cooler than a polar bear's toenails. It's about to be, I hope so. <laughs> so how was your week, Caesar? Uh, it was good, you know, just babies doing awesome. We're hanging out, doing um, what we do. So she turned three months old. Three months old. And just hanging out on the couch, vegging out, watching. She likes Spongebob. <laughs> already so and like yeah she's starting to like she wants to sit up all the time and like be very observant which is tight and just like usual loves to listen to music and yeah nice. so that's it and getting ready for the art show that i'm gonna do we'll talk about later but yeah cool, cool. how was yours it was the first week of school at the new school um so you know it's a filling out period for me especially like mm-hmm. i know the kids like last time when i you know i started at my old school when you're new, the kids are kind of, you know, waiting to see what you're going to be like and everything. So kind of just taking it easy, being like super calm and chill, not overreacting to anything because I knew they're, you know, they're going to test you. You can't let them get to you. So sadly, I know a lot of my <laughs> former students at the school for, oh, uh, you know, negative reasons. Being but bad boys. Yeah, hopefully mm-hmm. they can uh, change their ways and start on the right path. So mm-hmm. another school year, another school year is uh, underway, ready to go. Yeah, and like uh, it's good that your class size is smaller. I'm happy for that. And like, like you said, you're excited for the high schoolers because they like the same things we do. Yeah, like you know, I talked to one kid. He's like, "Hey, Mr. Richard, you like Dreamville Records?" And we spent 20 minutes talking about you know the the new album by Dreamville, and just the, like we had a huge conversation about hip hop. The other day, they were asking me all about religion during world history class, so that was cool. Like to get them like it, see them like like, hey, like I got a question. Is that cool? I'm like, yes. Of course, you can ask a question mm-hmm. about what we're what you're learning about right now. Like, yeah, that's the whole point of this. So, yeah, just to be in that environment again, like middle schoolers aren't that inquisitive, don't really care, and you know these kids are learning interesting things. So they're starting to find themselves, so they're questioning a lot of things. Yeah, like yeah, we mm-hmm. had a whole conversation about kind of the origins of religion and uh, that some religions that no longer exist. And I'm like, yeah, like they just lost a battle and they were all wiped out, so their religion kind of <laughs> died, disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's been cool. Mm-hmm. So we have two special guests today, but we're gonna go start off with one. <laughs> we'll start off with one first. Long time listener, first Long- time guest. <laughs> yes, and uh, you know he roams the streets of San Diego, eating all the hamburgers he can. He was 2018 Burger Week King. Welcome to the show, Schwinn, aka Aaron. Schwinn, <laughs> aka Schwinny. Schwinny, welcome to the show. Ooh. Yeah, and he will be. 
our Statman. Suits the DJ IQ. Yes. Are you ready to do this? Oh, I got You prepared? Do you know how to use the internet and stuff? Have you listened to every episode? Yes. Yeah. All right. So he knows. He knows how it works. So He knows I don't know what I'm saying. None of us do. And we know Swin, so yeah. he just happens to be in town. He, You live in San Diego, right? Yes. Yeah, what brought you up? Uh, Derek was supposed to be here, bailed on us oh, last the, minute. The and, darkest of the Marcuses. And so <laughs> here I am. Oh, Derek. <laughs> I already took the days off work, and I was uh, like, well, the parents' uh, mom took the week off. Damn. I was like, so we got to come up. <laughs> Mom's probably been drinking all day, too. <laughs> we did. We had Zephyr this yeah. day and had a... Nice. Had mm. yeah, nice. So. so the thing I love about the Sutherlands... So, Schwinn looks exactly like his dad, but personality like his mom. And then, like, sister, a same opposite, you know, looks like mom, but personality like dad. And it's just awesome. Awesome family. <laughs> I'm Caesar Sutherland in February. He talks about your family a lot, as you know. Oh, I know. It's tight. <laughs> barbecue tomorrow. Dude, you know. they're, they're a good family. <laughs> they're awesome. Especially when they welcome the brown man in there. <laughs> and then we have, an, this one is a returning guest. We had her on last summer when she was running for office. She has since won her election unopposed and spent you know this past summer and spring in Nevada legislated <laughs> blah blah blah. But welcome to the show, Sarah Peters, Assemblywoman Sarah Peters. Hey. Who represents me back. the Honeycomb Hideout's very own neighborhood. Ooh, yeah. nice. I remember knocking this door when I was campaigning. I do. I remember Brian. Uh-huh. I was like, Oh, she came by campaigning give us flyers <laughs> yep yeah mm-hmm. well thanks for having me back uh mm-hmm. first of all you had a kid <laughs> yeah i had a kid <laughs> yeah she's three on, three months old uh leah london lopez oh beautiful mm-hmm. congratulations yeah beautiful baby girl looks like me oh, and uh goodness. definitely way cuter than me yeah it's always good to have kids who are cuter than you yeah i think it makes you love them more uh, i don't know probably would have loved her the same but <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, but because uh, they say like the the daughter usually looks like the dad because like uh, it's to keep the dad to stay there or something like something in yeah. genetics or something like that biological triggers mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. yeah not a scientist but I think that's what it is no I've read that as well I mean say it was something I um I looked at when my I had kids and my husband was trying mm-hmm. to get him to invest in the kids because like what do you do when all they want to do is sleep on your lap and nurse all the time mm-hmm. um but there's something to be said about whether the kid looks like you um and and how cute they are and like that mm-hmm. it stimulates some kind of like response of empathy to the mm-hmm. child because yeah, it's like you don't like mm. baby mammals have larger eyes, like cuter faces and yeah. eyes to like be more appealing to their yeah. parents mm-hmm. because like the mother it's the it's in the mother for like that long so she gets that connection already and then the the fathers don't so that's why they usually daughters look like the fathers labor also induces oxytocin mm-hmm. which is that like the trigger the uh, hormone trigger for love like an attachment um, and men don't get that because they mm. don't go through the yeah. labor or the breastfeeding. But that's all a part of like that biology uh, for why women are so attached to their kids. Science. Boom. Men need that extra incentive to, <laughs> yeah, to kill for their their Stick offspring. Around. I feel like a good incentive is child support because it's cheaper to keep her. Because <laughs> 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 uh, like you know, like I see how much people pay. I'm like, whoa! Like I might as well just hang out. 
you know? And Nevada's been pretty progressive about 50-50 splits mm-hmm. for custody and child support, and it's it's all calculated on an Excel spreadsheet. Oh, dang. Well, that's cool. <laughs> that's, that's brought by science, Good too. To know, I guess. <laughs> custody, brought to you by science, today on PBS. <laughs> that's, is, that, is that thanks to Maryland York or what? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Out there winning all those cases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she's sleeping with the, your son's baseball coach. <laughs> Worst commercials ever. Have Point you seen those dad. commercials? No. Oh my god, she's like a divorce lawyer that like targets mm. dads. Oh yeah. And like the commercial shows, uh, it's they're so bad they were on Tosh Point Oh. It showed the commercial shows like yeah like so while you're you know sitting at home your wife's out banging the, your son's baseball <laughs> coach and she gets full custody you need you need a divorce lawyer that's gonna fight for you and that's the girl from here right <laughs> yeah and like the one that did the commercial at like st james right yeah that's the one maryland york yeah it's in, uh, it's, yeah she's so the commercials were so over the top they uh, were on mm. tosh.0 and then she went on tosh.0 she was there too yeah to- it was like the web redemption Dude. where like she oh, brings she- the guest on <laughs> And she like went on the show. Yeah, I need to see this. Wow. Oh, it's her so ridiculous! Fifteen minutes of fame. She's a very harsh woman. That's how I would describe. She seems her. harsh. She mm. probably, uh, you know, she probably used herself as a divorce lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> That's how harsh she is. I don't know how we got down this road, but <laughs> but we always go through the rabbit holes. Sarah, how have you been since we last saw you? A lot, I've, I've imagined, has changed in your life. I know. Like, how's it been a year already? Mm-hmm. Um. It feels, yeah, it went by really fast. Um, I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and this, I don't know. Where do you start? Where do you start? So, well, okay. How, what so, was election season like? Uh, okay. So I didn't have opposition in my general election. So I cruised through that pretty, pretty well. Um, went to events and a lot of schmoozing and calling for campaign donors um, which is the worst part of politics, by the way. Like having to cold call people and ask for money um, is is not easy. It's uh, mm. and it's not Are the something people that on the list they, like, at least people have given before. Or oh you... yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and the expectation is that you call and ask, right? Like every like there's the okay. that's the list. The list okay. is is the people who are expecting your phone call, and and it's your job now to ask and be nice and send um, send thank yous and all of that. Um, but that was the that was what I spent most of my time doing during the general election besides going out and being a part of the community events and stuff which i love um we have a great community here um i reflect on that all the time how wonderful our little district is um uh, and it was apparent in the legislative session as well like how lucky i am with the constituents i have and the support i have in this community um to to pursue a really progressive political agenda and i appreciate that so much but what so the election happens in November, right? And then we have uh, one month to submit our bill draft requests. So I spent November to December like drafting up ideas of things I wanted to pursue and uh, had five bill draft requests. So I'm trying to like balance this out with what people are asking for in the community and what I have, um, what's part of my value-based system and where I want to spend my time and focus on. Um, and I picked uh, what I felt like was a pretty balanced um docket of bills to pursue and then we have from december to february to get them like 
lined out, right? Like written up, give our ideas to our wonderful um, legislative council bureau who's who writes the legalese um, so that they make sense legally. And those folks are amazing, absolutely amazing. They can take mush and make it into <laughs> magic. Um, <laughs> magic mush. <laughs> yeah, really what makes the state tick um, are those those folks at the state. Um, and then and then we jump into session in February, and it goes fast. Yeah, because how long is the session? 120 days. That's nothing. And you mean nothing. only every two years. Right? Every two years. Dang. So people don't really, I mean. You got to put in that work hard, fast. Some states are in session longer. Yep. And, and some shorter. Some shorter, but some state, a lot of states every year. Yeah. So most of the shorter states are every year. Um, I, but, and we had a bill this session that would have, would have pursued that. Um, it was a, from the Senate side and the proposal was a 90 day session every two years and a 60 day session every other year. So we would be every year, but have a shorter and a longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was contemplating this. So one of the wonderful things about Nevada legislatures, we have a citizen led legislature. So this is people who have active jobs and active lives in the community um, and are not full time politicians. Right. You're um, not getting paid when you're not working. Exactly. Well, we're not even getting paid when we are working. We only get paid exactly. for 60 days of the fir- the first 60 days of session. Um, Dang, just half. Oh. Yeah. So it is it is it is a um, a pursuit because you care. Um, and I think that that's amazing. And it also keeps us really accessible to our community bases. Um, but uh, but I was thinking about trying to ask my boss for a couple months off or three months off every two years. And I was like, oh man, none of us would have jobs. Like no one would do that. Yeah. Uh, You got legislative leave. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I did. I had a, I have a really wonderful boss. He's super supportive. Um, and he, uh, he offered me a legislative leave package so that uh, we could maintain our insurance. He covered my company covers insurance for me and my kids, and um, not everybody gets that. And, you know, no, a lot no, that's of that's folks, awesome. That's special. So that's yeah. the downside mm-hmm. of the legislature that if you're like that, don't get paid because then Wait. our teachers don't get paid. Yeah, like they, the, have, to, they have to have other stuff. So it kind of tilts towards the people who can afford to do that. Yes. Yep. Yep, and those um, are often lawyers, right, or contractors, people who, and I am, I'm a contractor, an environmental engineering contractor, um, but who get paid on billable hours and can bank up, like, a kind of value base for for the leave, that leave time, and it's a really interesting situation. Um, I'm contemplating a lot of ways on how to make it better, um, but it all has, uh, you know, advantages and disadvantages. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you're the right person to uh, pursue. I, I'm glad you think that. You know, I wonder how many people, once they're elected, think about how hard it is for other people to get elected. I doubt they go through that. They're more worried about themselves, maybe. Man, that's an interesting um, uh, perspective. So what I think, I don't know if I went, if I talked about this the last time I was here, but one of the reasons why I ran and pursued running, despite um, being like, a little bit of a different candidate um, was because I like I really want our generation to feel empowered to run for office um, and for those of us who have tattoos or live maybe a little off mainstream to feel like you can participate in in an effective way right a way that's been primarily dominated by um, white cis males mm-hmm. um, and I uh, I think one of the most beautiful 
experiences I had in session was sitting in my caucus room. We have a meeting room where the Democratic Assembly caucus meets and there were, I think, 29 of us at our peak. We've we had a couple of losses, um, one really devastating one in the middle of session. Um, so our numbers shifted a little bit as we went. But looking around at our Democratic Assembly caucus and seeing like that the minority in the room were our white males. Ooh. And we had more people of color. And majority the, female, right? And majority mm-hmm. female. Yeah, it was wonderful. I, I felt like um, I was looking mm-hmm. at the at a real representation of what our state demographics look like. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's how it should be. Yeah. yeah it's oh, supposed it's proud to be a representative body mm-hmm. that represents the body. The body. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a phenomenal feeling to feel, you know, this is my first year in and that like this is the room of people that mm-hmm. I get to make make law with. And like what a wonderful, um, wonderful place to be in this time. Even like nationally, like there are so many changes and with the demographics of state legislation mm-hmm. and, and also, uh, you know, Congress, Congress, yeah. too. So. That must have been cool to be a part of that. Yeah. That's why I, I wonder how election season, because you weren't running, but to see, was there any elections you were watching closely, nationally or locally? So, yeah, locally, um, Skip Daly's district is a swing district, and um, and that that guy walks his tail off. He, he works really hard for that district um, and represents it well. He's in the Democratic caucus, but he definitely votes um, in his in his di- with his district in mind, which I uh, appreciate greatly. Um, but it was nice to be able to maintain that district as a uh, Democratic district. Um, congressionally, looking at the CD2, which is Amade currently is his district, and seeing if we could push enough voting in Washoe County to swing that. Yeah. We got close. We've yeah. been we've been eating at that number for for a couple couple of cycles now. Um, and, uh, what's what's the guy's name that ran? He announced he's running again, right? Yeah, Against Clint Cobley. Co- yeah, that's right, Cobley. Yeah, yeah, he's worth looking into. Yes, um, I mean, and, he got my vote last time. Yeah, 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 and and it'll be interesting. So this next year, twenty twenty, is a census year, which means we get to redistrict. Um, and with a Democratic majority, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, there's already some some um, focus and, and process on how how to go about that. Mm-hmm. I've not been super involved in it, mostly because my district is such a safe district that really any changes to it don't really affect you. Yeah, doesn't doesn't do much um, in my district. So there are other places that I can I can focus on. But one of my good friends um, from the assembly, Howard Watts, he's really interested in redistricting, um, and he's been giving me kind of a play by on how how that's going to look. Um, the process will go through for that, and because it's a big. I mean, they're about to do that nationally as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a I mean, it's a big deal. I've seen proposals where they base it off like computer models to make it more fair and balanced. But if you guys don't know, like certain places, the political parties try and stack one voting block into one district and make the shapes of the districts are very, very interesting to get that effect. Yeah. So like I've seen one where they're as narrow as like a couple miles. It'd be like a 10 mile stretch where it's two miles wide and then it blends up. Mm-hmm. You know, like into a certain central city area, mm-hmm. so they they pack all the voters of one type into one district, so they can win that district. But then they're losing 
the other districts around it because mm-hmm. of the way that's shaped and the way the voters are it's spread really out. Really interesting um, requirements for redistricting. So, in a dist- when a district is redistricted, it has to include the neighborhood or the home of the person who represents that district. And then it also has to lean uh, or maintain the, um, the uh, political party minor- majority in that district. Which is interesting. So if you mm. like in my district, it will have to stay Democratic, and they can't. We can't um, redistrict it so that it's majority Republican, and I get voted out the next session, right? So it's a, there are interesting rules around redistricting. Yeah, gerrymandering people. Gerrymandering. <laughs> Look that shit up. Pay attention. Yeah. So uh, back to the process. So you have yeah. your five. Yep. And uh, what were your five? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So. I, that I always forget one. I go and try and go through. Oh, so this one's top of mind because I just ran into four girls um, who went to Carson Montessori who helped me run this bill. But I ran a bill to designate neon as the state element, which is the first state mm. symbol I remember bill. That one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it. Um, I I loved it personally as a scientist. I thought it was great because neon um, as an element. Um, but I also loved the, the these kids' excitement and passion of um, wanting to be a part of the process and. Boy, why did those kids run with it? They did such a good job. They came in prepared. They did all of the presentations in our uh, committee meetings, our hearings um, th- to prove that neon was worthy of a state symbol. Um, and they nailed it, man. They made arguments that were preemptive, like thinking about, you know, you may say that why is neon preferred over silver? Well, silver is already the state mineral. So that's not a problem. Mm. They did a great job. Two steps ahead. Good job. Yeah, kids. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had bipartisan support on both houses for that That's going to appeal to people, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Vegas and yeah. In yeah. North. Yeah. Yeah. And they have the Neon Museum in the South, which is worth uh, worth a look at. I just saw there's like a, uh, a new showcase of uh, the guy who did Nightmare Before Christmas. Was Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the Neon Museum. Um, tickets are available now, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I saw it today. It looks pretty cool. But there's also um, the Neon Project, which is located up here in northern Nevada. And um, Will has been trying to find a place to – he's been collecting neon signs across the state. Um, has them in, uh, in storage right now, but is trying to find a venue to, to do a, ne- a neon museum up here in northern Nevada, which is pretty cool. Um, and he was their teacher. So this was like oh, – wow. uh, yeah, a heartfelt process. Were they high school students? No, they were middle school school well uh, fifth and sixth graders so it depends wow. on which middle school you're in mm-hmm. yeah 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 that's they really so that's awesome. awesome yeah, yeah bright future bright you, future empowering them. them yeah mm-hmm. one of the students um they did a career day where they were supposed to choose a career and want to then try and find someone to shadow and um, one of the girls decided she wanted to be a legislator and came and shadowed me which is i was it was in a, during a, a deadline week so she got to see me running between meetings i was crazy but um but it was great to see somebody so young wanting to little, be involved little leslie and, like, nope yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> love her. Um, and so, okay, so that was my first bill. That was like the, f- that was one of the first non-priority governor bills that got signed, which was awesome. Um, so one for one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I had a health specialist bill, which just cleaned up some language around the board of health specialists. And this was kind of a contentious bill because we had a fee schedule in it. So it was really interesting um, when you start talking about the bureaucracies that occur within the legislature. Um, the Republic, we had the supermajority in the assembly. In the Senate, they did not have a supermajority, but they had a majority majority. Um, so over 50%. But the Republicans, 
decided that any two-thirds vote, they would not vote for it on any bill. And this bill, this health specialist bill, because we had put written in a um, uh, an administrative code fee schedule into the NRS, um, it had to be voted on as, with two-thirds. Um, and they sat on it for like the entire session. Mm. It was, uh, it was just, I, just based on the fee schedule. Yeah. Just because they had power over the two thirds, I think. So it was, there was some <laughs> negotiations that happened and that bill ended up passing as well. Um, which is good. It expands reciprocity and some other, um, uh, some other safety measures so that we ensure that people who are inspecting restaurants and people who are doing, um, health safety, um, stuff in our, uh, in our industry, um, uh, are certified appropriately to do that and not taking and being taken advantage of by their employers. Um, and then I had a call center bill, which is a labor bill, right? So this was to protect call center jobs from outsourcing to other countries, which we've seen happen before. I think there was a case a number of years ago where um, 500 jobs were moved out of Nevada um, so 500 people lost their jobs and, um, those jobs, there were suddenly miraculously jobs in like Korea or something. So this is, it, it's a situation that's happening, um, that's been happening across the country, but this would, um, mandate that the, this bill mandates that, um, entities who move jobs out of the country can't come back to the state and ask for tax incentives. Mm. They can move jobs back to the state. They just can't get any incentives from the state, which makes sense, right? Because when you have yeah. that many people who are jobless, then it becomes, it a, becomes a burden on, on the state. safety net. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a water bill. So my background in environmental Fire engineering, yeah. yeah, and water issues are a huge part of um, what I want to do in the legislature. However, they are one of the most contentious issues up there with gun rights in the state of Nevada. Water had, rights, water rights. Water rights. Um, I had one bill that would look at the um, – it was a study – we would direct DRI to do that would look at the different tech, um, like technology and feasibility assessments that have been done across the state for water treatment situations. Um, and that one got killed, which is fine because we ended up finding out that most of our water authorities, so Southern Nevada Water Authority and Tamwa up here, um, they already have done a lot of this research that they have this data. We just need to pull those documents together to look at comprehensively, like what they can do for the state. So, um, that wasn't too much of a loss, but it gave me some really good direction for next session. Um, and where I want to, uh, pursue issues in water. Um, then gosh, I think I have two more. How many was that? That's three, three, mm-hmm. three, four. That was four. That was four. Yeah. Was two, uh, oh, yeah. Um, okay. So I had an RTC bill on this bill. We've seen some action on already. So, um, this bill was twofold. The first part of this bill was, so RTC, when they buy land to do an expansion of a roadway or the construction of a new roadway, they will purchase access to do, have like a laydown area or whatever while they construct the roadway. And we see this on Moana, right? When they did that big expansion, they bought a bunch of properties, expanded this roadway, and now they have this excess land that they're not using. It's, it has no utility for the, for the RTC. Um, and this bill gives them the authority to sell that land at value to put that funds ba- those funds back into the transportation fund or whatever fund those n- initial funds to purchase that property went to. So before to. this bill, what happened to that land? It just it's just sitting there in RTC's name. They had no way to and they move would be it responsible into a function. For maintaining yes. It and whatever. Mm. 
<laughs> yeah. So this was this was a functional bill, um, and we've already seen some some movement on it. Um, the other part of this bill was to allow RTC in the north to develop a microtransit system, which is essentially like an Uber app for RTC, and then it is um, directed through their contractors. So all of the drivers are certified and contracted through the union, um, but they are on call for some of our areas that don't have access to direct routes, right? So it helps create a more um, holistic system for regional transportation. Wow. Yeah, which I was That's excited cool. about. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, at, look at you, Nevada. Yeah. You're right. 21st century problem solving. <laughs> No, that's good, especially like towards where I'm at in Spanish Springs. I think the last line is like Reed High School or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then so there's a lot of people that obviously work at those fast food industries out there that don't have a way, don't have a way out there. You can say it. And then, people who are lower income who don't live in the suburbs. Yeah, exactly. But work there. But the suburbs always vote not to put bus stops out there. Right. Because they don't want those class of those people, people on. Yeah. We know. Yeah. yeah. So people. and it's just like and it sucks because they need to get to work. They have jobs that you don't want. And, you know, to get your McDonald's or Burger King or whatever the fuck you want. But yeah. That's cool, though. Mm, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I was excited about that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I helped shepherd a bill. So you remember the Lime Bike situation oh, up yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And the Lime Scooter situation <laughs> up here. So when that was happening, I was talking to Reno, um, Dave Bobzian at the time, and was like, hey, is there any, like, what can we do, man? Um, and uh, And there wasn't really anything we could do up here at the time. But I got into session and was approached by um, by Bird, and they wanted to pursue um, a bill that would allow for our cities and our counties to start to develop codes and ordinances around the utility of scooters. We we didn't have a definition of what a scooter was or the liability around a so scooter you can't or, it or ban yeah it exactly or exactly so so we cleaned up that language and allow our um, and now allow our communities to to use those definitions to or create ordinances and codes around um, those scooter industries which are kind of cool so I recently um, I'm just gonna keep going sorry um, no. This uh, is all very informative. This is what the people want yeah, to know. Yeah, this is for you. So I went to the National Conference of State Legislators in Nashville this year. And I have I can tell you a lot about that conference, but um, Nashville was interesting. Uh, I've never been to Nashville, and they have these scooter things all over the place. It's a growing town, similar to Nevada, has had nonstop construction, mostly high-rise construction for the last five years, um, and, and really developing their tourism industry. Yeah, right? I heard it's like Airbnb's had issues there, yeah. Lyft and Uber have had issues yeah. there because it's such a popular place to go, uh, you know, visit now. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't look into this. I haven't looked into this yet, but I've um, took a took a taxi from the airport to my hotel, and it was a set twenty five dollar fee. Like that's it. It was just twenty five bucks. Interesting. How, how far way. was it out? I don't know. Apparently, it was the same to every hotel in the downtown area. Oh, dang. So, yeah. So there's some there. there. I think that it was probably something that the taxis decided to develop or the city maybe decided to ordinance f to keep things Prices even because a, mm -hmm. a friend of mine took a lift from the airport to the hotel and it was about twenty two, twenty three dollars plus a tip, like mm -hmm. almost almost the equal. Same, yeah. yeah. But who knows what it would have been in that cab before exactly. the cab. Exactly. Um, exactly. So like it's interesting to see how how industries are struggling to maintain rel relevancy in our 
um, developing uh, technolo- technologically advanced it's industries. It's funny how that's, that's how capitalism is supposed to work, but mm-hmm. normally right, doesn't. Right, yeah. And then we try and regulate it, and then, and then things go awry, and then we have to re-regulate it, and it's it's really interesting. But when I mean, when people's livelihoods are attached to these things, right, that means something. Yeah, right. But also, like... The person with the biggest cash yeah, like, like doesn't care about it, those guys. That's, I feel like that's where mm. the state should come in to you know make sure they should be impartial. Yeah. Because obviously, a cab driver is going to have a vested interest in keeping out competition and taking the, his job away mm. or his livelihood. Whereas, the you know, people want small businesses and upstarts to come in. So, it's a balancing act. Yeah. You need to even the you playing lay, field. As mm-hmm. long as the playing field is level, mm-hmm. that's all you can and ask for. And we're good. May the best company exactly and technology. Mm-hmm. That's when the other aspects come in, like advertising and like, you know, execution. Yeah. So we talked a lot about. So okay, before we started the interview earlier, I was talking about um, about how we when you become politically invested, it sometimes ostracizes some of your friends. And right. so you, like, I went into this funk of extreme loneliness because nobody wanted to talk to me because I really all I wanted to talk about was like how do how do we change the world. Um, <laughs> Uh, and uh, and I got into session and I made some really amazing friends, people who are willing to talk to me every day about how do we how do we progress um, and how do we deal with some of these really complex issues. And um, and the, we had some really phenomenal conversations. But one of the consistent themes that we brought into our conversations was this idea of like, how do we ensure like one of the things that we are missing in this country is a baseline of meeting people's needs, like basic needs, right? Like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, basic needs. We we don't have a man, uh, a a the social safety nets are supposed to develop these, right? Like supposed to give people right. some footing for foundation for um, that was access the, to food. That was FDR's idea, right? Mm-hmm. Access to fresh water, access to a home, a roof over your head, access to security. But we don't guarantee those anymore. And when you don't guarantee those, we're talking about the housing market, right? When you don't guarantee that if you can't afford something in the, the commercial industry, right, the, the capitalist industry, you have something you can fall back on for that security and safety net for your family. When we don't have that, then the, the industry starts to leverage that loss, right, that, um, that need, that, 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 um, that foundational, uh, need that everybody has. Um, as as so a baseline, it. yeah, it's ex- it, it's exploiting people's basic needs, um, and how and how do you f- how do you fix that without creating a system that is overmanaged? Um, and it's an interesting topic, but l- like essentially everything we discussed came back to this to this issue of like if we don't if people are not secure in their lives, right, and making sure that their families are safe. Right, including why safe. should they follow your rules? <laughs> I mean, that's how it is to me. Like, I always feel like if you're super privileged and stuff, what's to keep all the? Why would all these other people participate in your society? As a, as a social studies teacher that I teach, why should people participate in a society that is bad for them? And if you want their buy-in, which is like a democracy is supposed to be, there has to be some give and take. Mm. And if they're not guaranteed those things. Why should they participate in the society? This is how societies crumble and fall. It's like that's, yeah, that's, people just miss that. But I feel like that's like the crux of like 
it all is. of our problems. It is. It's like it is the thing we're missing. It is the one thing we're missing. I see that with kids. Like, why should this kid fucking follow the rules in school if he knows it's not going to do anything for him down the line? Yeah. If his future, he sees the inequality. What? Why should he fucking buy into the system? Right. And it's like, you know, people just don't. If you're one of those people who's privileged and you're not in that position, you don't see that. Man, we were but just talking about Neither all this. the lords that lost their heads at the fall of feudalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they used to chop people's heads off for this shit. Mm-hmm. Don't think, I feel like, don't think they want to, I mean, if you, you can only push poor people so far, like, especially once they have the knowledge of what they don't have and they see it every day, what they don't have. This last month has been pretty devastating and I've been pretty quiet on social media about how I feel about it because I don't like nothing I can say feels any better right than than anything nothing feels good right now I feel you Mm -hmm. um it's exasperation almost yeah yeah um but I the one like the one thing that keeps coming to the forefront is this is is the idea of, of of like learned equity right like um When you have privilege, you you learn that there's forgiveness, right, to your actions. When you don't have privilege, you live in a with a fear of loss all the time. I'm gonna lose this if I do that. I think there's that in that is a is a crux of equity that we haven't that we haven't substantially had a conversation about. I mean, it's like you were saying earlier, people ostrac- if people don't even want to talk to their friend about Paul, like no. what you want to accomplish, <laughs> like how can we have these deeper conversations that require change from everyone's you know perspective and their place in the world? Yeah. I mean, people, if it, I, that's what I was thinking, like, of course they want to talk to you. The world's complicated and you're like actually doing something about it. Mm, Maybe they don't to. really want to think about that and deal with that. Well, it's hard to think about. I mean, I lost, gosh... Oh, during session, there were nights when I just didn't sleep because I was thinking about what the implications of of certain actions during the legislative session would mean for our community base. And uh, with power comes great responsibility, right? Like that was my responsibility to (laughs) Uncle Ben. (laughs) (laughs) That was my responsibility to worry about. Um. Uh, and it 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 created a um a divide in my family um because like i was intrinsically involved in that and my husband was not um and when i he would ask like what was going on like how do you put into words the f- the feeling of um gosh like owning owning the worst part of people's lives you walk away from the table and you you know that someone's suffering because of your action or action lack of or action lack, yeah and and that that is that is the worst part well i mean the fact that you are considering that i think makes you in a good spot be, to be making those decisions cuz a lot of people don't even think about that at all <laughs> cuz they just don't worry about the people They're that's going to be I negatively mean, affected if you're listening yeah. obviously mm-hmm. you know She's a politician of the people for yeah. the people. 
Whereas I feel like a lot of people in office across this country mm-hmm. and around the world are not out there. They are out there for themselves, not the people they represent. Exactly. Yeah. Filling their own pockets and not helping the people who they're Which is to why be. I feel like it's good f- for you to say that because people need to hear that mm-hmm. and have restore some faith in the people they elect and in the process. Because if they can't, if they don't have that, like again, if they don't have this faith that the people they're electing have their best interest or their interest at all in mind, what's the point of participating? And I think, you I mean, you see that in our country now with people who don't vote or mm-hmm. a lot of people not voting. Don't even believe mm-hmm. in the system or just think it's all, you know, I mean the conspiracy theories and all the matrix stuff <laughs> and everything like, yeah, like I think, but all that is a result of like having nothing to believe in. So they're willing mm-hmm. to believe in anything. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. Um, having kids changed in me my attachment to the future. I think, um, like growing up, it's easy to have like an invincibility complex and be like, whatever, today can be the the best day to die, YOLO or whatever (laughs) kids say these days. Um, but when you have kids, like I chose to bring three kids into this world and I got grief from some people about it, right? Like there was how how responsible are you as a as an environmental engineer bringing three kids into a world that doesn't have enough resources for the population it already has. And and in that is is where I feel like running like being in office, running for office, putting in this effort is worth it if I can show my kids and I can act on my moral values and ethical values um, and really bring like that, I don't, that, that passion, that passion, passion yeah. into, into a system that I had all but written off as being something that was unattainable for me. Well, I feel like this is a good time to ask this question. <laughs> Do you have any, any aspirations for higher office? Ooh. So uh, I, uh, I know you've, it's only yeah, been a year, Yeah, not even a year. A session. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so so the last bill that I didn't talk about, and I always forget one, but I'm glad you said this. So the 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 one the bill that I'm the most proud of um, is a tribal collaboration bill that um, I did it in in collaboration with um, the Urington Paiute Tribe and the Walker River Paiute Tribe, with the support of the Reno Sparks Indian Colony and the Pyramid Lake um, Paiute Tribe, and a couple of other. F- um, uh, tribes who voice support and tribal members who voice support. Um, but this bill, um, elevated the need for the state to acknowledge sovereignty, tribal sovereignty, um, at all levels of our cabinet, our state cabinet. Um, and, uh, I, I did, that is one of my, the things I'm the most proud of doing. Um, we got bipartisan support for it, which was amazing. Um, uh, and the, and the governor's support, wholehearted support on it. Um, but it was a one step in pursuing equity for an underprivileged community. Um, I do work with tribal governments. That's primarily where, what I do for, for a living is working with tribal governments, um, I, and the reason I bring this up is because um, I didn't know how much 
of what I did in the legislature would carry into my everyday life, right? Like this sometimes can feel very separate. Mm -hmm. um, although what I, I do is work in regulatory permitting and compliance. So I work within the state regulations and federal regulations. And one of the things that came up um, after that was the acknowledgement from our state um, of being a leader for for equity, for tribal equity in particular at the um, Ameri what is it? The um, uh, National Conference of American Indians that was hosted here in, in Nevada this year, um, and it was it was really an honor um, to be asked to come and say something to all of those tribal leaders about what we did at, at a state level. Um, but but in that, I felt like, um, and I feel like, when when we see something that needs to be changed. If there's not somebody who's willing to step up and do it, we have to do it ourselves. Um, and when I ran for office, I didn't see somebody who I felt like really represented me and what I I wanted to see happen in the legislature, um, uh, which was environmental issues, bringing a science background, um, and a, a being a younger generation, right? Someone who had investment in the future of our state, um, and also uh, and also bringing in like the collaboration with tribal governments and having that relationship. And so I ran, but I always ran with the caveat of I will run until somebody better comes up. It's not my place to just run forever. If I I want to make space for people to feel like they that like they can participate in the system. Um, in an, in a and not have to fit into a mold um and i that may be my demise which so so be it but if that creates a narrative and a conversation around around access to these offices um and access to being a part of the process um i will have done what i set out to do and so do i have aspirations yes for policy i have aspirations whether it's me who is leading that it, it I will until someone else who's better suited for it steps up and does it and I will open space as much as I can um, and use my um, privilege taking to engage in conversations that are difficult um, to have and I will I will do that work until um, until there's enough space for people who who are better than me Damn. That's awesome. Excellent answer. Yes. <laughs> if only everyone thought that way. Yes. <laughs> everyone, I mean, so basically you're like, you'll, mm -hmm. you know, if what you want to accomplish requires you to run further, you will. But if you can mm -hmm. find someone else willing to, whose values align with you, you will support them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it shouldn't be. It's not. So it's not about you. It's about your, your beliefs and what you think needs to be done to make this place a better place a better place a better place i wish we had a video so we could see everyone could see how passionate she is right yeah now. turn the light on yeah <laughs> well i wanted to but i didn't want to like i didn't want to mess up the flow yeah exactly no, no, yeah. i was thinking that too i was like <laughs> i was like i looked at it but then i have to get up and i was like this is going really good i don't want to fuck the feng shui well i hope i mean i feel like your passion in uh you're the the belief you have is the, your gen, genuineness comes across mm -hmm. to anyone who's listening. I know we obviously mm -hmm. 
can you're feel seeing it. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can feel it in the room. You can hear the emotion in your voice. Yeah, it's uh, and like you could just see it in your eyes. It's awesome. Mm. So, are you endorsing any presidential candidates? I was wondering if we were going to get into that. In this very crowded oh, field. So yeah. so Is it down to 12 yet? I just wanted to be down to like <laughs> right, 10 or 12. That would be great. 12 would be great. <laughs> um, no. And, and, and again, I feel like, like there's a I think block that, of people. You <laughs> right. There are. There, there are certainly some highlighters out there. So, I uh, had the privilege of introducing Elizabeth Warren when she was in town. Um, and I, I really, I've gotten to spend the most time with Elizabeth Warren. And I think she's wonderful. Um, I love the idea of supporting a woman in office who really see has a vision and policy um, and and is pr- producing something for us to at least have a conversation about. You well, know, I feel like she's getting better at this. Yeah, yeah, and man, she can like she has We're so ways much away energy. From the election, it's incredible, and she's I feel like she's gotten better yeah. just in the last six months. Yeah, but I um I have not spent a lot of time with other candidates, um, so I don't I don't. And then also on, on brand, right? I really think everybody should do their research, right? Like right. it's up to you to to figure out who you want to support, who supports your, the issues that are paramount to you, who has like who you really believe in, um, and who has earned your vote. I politics is shifting, in my opinion. It, it's less of like who deserves to be there you know because of of their background or how much work they put in and more about who deserves to be there because their voice is the echo of the people behind them and um that their purpose is to benefit the masses and you know, people who really have um a a background for success and a drive for success um and i and I think that like it's up, it is up to us as citizens to to not back down and say, well, you know, it's already rigged. This person is going to win regardless of what I do, and so I'm just going to vote for them, which we heard a lot last election cycle. And I think it's more we need to be having like conversations about what's important to us, to us, where we see alignment, um, and uh, and continue to follow the process and ensure that. I mean, we have two Especially years. Especially in the early stages. Yeah, we have like, two years to assess. Get behind someone and push the, you know, push them as far as they can go. Or get behind a couple of people yeah, yeah. and push those out. people yeah. in the direction that you you're interested in. You can save the strategery for the very like, right, right. At the end of the process. Yeah. And that's and how I more, felt last time. Yeah, and the more we do that, um, like locally, right, uh, the more we we create that narrative of like this is what Nevada wants. This is th- these are the important issues to Nevada. Like the more we'll see that echo in our local elections as well. Um, I can talk a little bit about that later if that's okay. Um, but I th- but I think that like that's really what our responsibility is in these elections. It's is to be systemic drivers of change. Um, that doesn't start with the narrative at the at the um at the dais that starts um, at home with conversations in your family and with your community and, and elevating that to letters or conversations on the phone with people who call you. Like, Instead of a top down, a tr- a gra- like starting yeah. grassroots approach and making those local things larger and mm-hmm. connecting them to larger issues. Mm-hmm. So maybe we have more substantive, uh, substantive conversations maybe at the, uh, <laughs> instead of arguing about, 
bullshit things that don't matter to most people. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the biggest um, examples for me state-wise is, um, so we talked earlier about um, uh, how much we invest in schools and how much the state budget is. And, um, and if we want to see those numbers go up, we have to have a grassroots effort to collaborate on where we want that funding to come from. It has to come from the people who live here one way or another. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of issues that, that need some serious, some serious investment, but like it has to start from down here, the voters. Right. Because if I, if I, if I decide to tell you that this is what's going to, this is the magic pill that's going to fix everything. Like if it doesn't fix it, you, then I don't have a place anymore. But like uh, the voters have to figure out what it is that they want to try and invest in and, and really push it among their friends um, and family and, and neighborhoods and associates and whatever and, and start the narrative at the bottom um, so that we can drive it at the top or, you know, middle, wherever we're at. How do you think you build that sense of community to get people involved like that? Destigmatize the conversation around how much things cost. So one of the, I got on the education committee and it's not something that I was like prepared for. Um, I don't have much of a background in education besides having gone through the education system in Washoe County. Um, but that we had a, a, um, breakdown of how do we budget for our schools um and what did you learn (laughs) in my field right when someone has a job they need done they ask me for a budget right like here's the job i need done what is it going to cost me to get that done and i give them a budget of what it's going to cost me to do it right and the way our budget system is is it's a top down instead of a bottom up the state says this is how much money we have and to the, allocate to and you and then the schools have to figure out how to do that and i had like i had a like i think it's a videotape like neurotic breakdown in the middle of this conversation where i was like i didn't what i because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people think yeah, when there's yeah. budget <laughs> shortfalls that it's somehow the school's fault. Right. No, not at all. Like, what are they and spending the this money don't on? don't even get a like, say in like... They just give the money and they tell us how to spend it. What do you need to run this effectively? Like, that I don't... I, I, not that I've seen, at least. I have never seen anything that says for Washoe County to run Trainer Middle School effectively and get every child out of that school on time, this is the cost. I've never seen something like they that. Wouldn't tr- they don't trust no, them. They don't right? want to know that um, number. No- oh, they definitely don't want to know that number. So, so, so... <laughs> So what I told the school districts, because they keep they keep producing like the the Department of Education keeps producing these like here's our funding and they produce this pie chart right here's our funding and here's how we allocate the funding and I was like this is trash a pie chart means nothing to me because we don't have a whole pie we have a pie with missing pieces that are not supporting the students who are part of it so never show me a pie chart again ever. Ever, if you want to show me something, you bring me a bar graph that is divvied up into these different sections and you show me what would it take to fully fund this program so it's functional and then show me where we're at. <laughs> That's what I want to see. They don't want to show you that, though. No, well, I mean, because I mean, that, that, no that, that shows yeah. that we have deficiencies. But I think we have to start having conversations about deficiencies. We have to stop... We have to destigmatize the the deficiency conversation and not point fingers and try and find out who was responsible for that in the first place and instead collaborate on how do we solve it. Exactly. We have to find out what's wrong, fix what's wrong to make everybody on board. I feel like there's another issue in this Mm. country that has a similar Mm. 
<laughs> Problem. Just one. You're not allowed to study I feel she's like, it. I feel she's like uh, Kermit the Frog in the tea right now. <laughs> As she drinks, I don't as know she drinks. what you're talking about. I feel like this is a familiar problem in this country. People don't want you to study what's wrong because they don't want to know how to. They want it. They want to tell you the wrong. What's wrong? Well, I just so, feel yeah. like everything's. It's always like, like you said, this is how much money we have. What can you do with it? Don't yep. tell me how much you need. Mm. Tell me what you can do with this. <laughs> well, and that's how we're talking about like, budget. Well, and... we're, it's going to not be that good, and mm. we're like, I don't. No, I don't care. Here's the money. Yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. make it the best you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that, that's the Costco narrative. That's the Walmart narrative. I mean, that is that is capitalism at its highest mm-hmm. hierarchy. Um, and we, we, I don't. This maybe um, getting too deep into the history of my my background and the conversations I had as a, a child growing up. Um, but like we uh, we aren't taught how to handle problem solving we are taught how to do a job when someone hands us a job to do um we and we and we we have to start talking about like what taking responsibility for our positions and roles and problem solving our way into solutions Mm -hmm. that's why i'm a social studies teacher i feel like we get to do that we get to ask kids these these we teach them what's going on and we ask them like how to solve these problems because mm-hmm. I love that you do that cuz my recollection of history was a memorization task mm-hmm. of dates yeah. and people and mm-hmm. I hated it it was as bad as I don't want them biology. to memorize stuff cuz I like mm-hmm. to I like to stunt on them and show yeah. impress them by me knowing stuff Oh yeah yeah Oh you so, mean uh, 1861 right <laughs> Yeah. What was it? Look that up. Google that. Yeah. A- April 30th. See, yeah. I think that that's the best. The best thing we can be teaching people is like where to find like where to find resources to start pulling, pulling your because own Because they don't need information. Together. Like I think like no. they have Google. We, yeah, they don't we need have to memorize anything. What they need to learn is how to utilize that information and use it to solve problems. Mm-hmm. And ask the why. And yes. Ask the and why. ask how. Understanding Why concepts. and how. Why mm-hmm. and how understanding concepts and systems and how they work together whether it be economic Mm -hmm. social whatever and i feel like i mean we're starting to move towards that like Mm -hmm. honestly like with some of the the changes in common core i know people don't want to hear that but i've read the standards you haven't so um (laughs) like it gets them like we're always we're teaching them like Mm -hmm. how to speak how to listen and like talk and interact collaboration and problem solving are like in the forefront of what's called like 21st century learning mm-hmm. because it, those things weren't 30 years ago. No, they were not. Like why do they ago. need to fucking fill in, uh, you know, the names of like right. the presidents mm-hmm. or dates, the like like three ships that founded America. Yeah. Right. Or like what year the <laughs> civil war ended. Yeah. Like they don't need, but you know what they do? Like, and that's what I hate because they'd be like, Oh, they'd be able to tell me that. But then if I was like, okay, like, what was if the I importance asked them, of it? Yes, or like mm. what else was going on in the world at that yeah. time, like put into larger context, they wouldn't be able to. And that was, was frustrating. It's like, mm. I don't care about this micro piece of knowledge that doesn't mean anything. I want you to understand the whole concept and what like the impact was on in the importance. And that's what you got to teach. Mm-hmm. Mm. But that's really hard to do. It probably requires more money and funding yeah. and higher training for, you know, teachers. But it cons- well, a higher yeah. tolerance mm-hmm. for teachers because trying to get someone to problem solve something is 
can be really hard, right? It's not any, I mean, I went through engineering. Like one of the reasons I, I chose engineering was because the basis is problem solving, right? Like it is solution oriented. You, you have issues and you design the solutions. And I, mm-hmm. and I loved that. Um, but I, but it's, but it's hard to get people invested in the process of, of solutions because there's a lot of failure there's so Mm. much failure yeah Yeah. (laughs) you feel like you feel the weight of it right every time you fail you wonder like where did i go wrong and what is but that also teaches you responsibility Mm. right like this was i oh i made that mistake in this equation and that was what traditional classrooms aren't designed like that because if you make a mistake i mean it's like you do it in front of everyone and you look you feel Mm. bad so it's really on teachers to create an environment where mistakes are encouraged yes. and yes. it's not like a, a stigma because that's how you take learn. an L I had to call yeah. it in my class like I'm like you gotta learn how to take L's exactly so I'm gonna ask you to do stuff and comment on things you're uncomfortable with and sometimes you're gonna be wrong mm. and I'm gonna tell you you're wrong but I'm also gonna like explain and show you like the mistakes you've made mm. but you know that's a long process and it's super hard and it's not clean it's messy it's hard to quantify it's uh, hard to it's hard yeah, to come out it's it's hard to come <laughs> yeah. up with a standardized test that accurately tests that you know what i mean it's hard to test that and quantify it and go take that to someone and be like look this is what they learned cuz it's it might be a a, a multi-year process and like well, and it shows these. up in different ways, right? Which exactly. is one of the beautiful things about humanity, right? Is like all of us have our unique skills, and but learning how to work together and learning how to leverage those skills for the benefit of whatever solution you're trying to come up with, those are the things we should be trying to quantify. I think, and I don't, I don't know. I so I have, I have three kids. Um, tier one. <laughs> um, Not and, that it's a contest. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I don't, don't want to win that contest. No, don't, don't, don't do it. <laughs> that's, don't that's, do it. That's, Kids are amazing. No, they're awesome. Heart. But like, oof, I don't even know what to do with three right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, but they come home with, I have my oldest is a girl. She comes home with these like stories about like other people being mean or feeling like saying things to her. And we, we have to go through the par- the problem solving process with like, well, why do you think they were saying those things? Do you think it was about you or do you think it was about something they're going through? Can you imagine like what life is to be like them? Well, it sounds and, like, like you're teaching her empathy. Right, yes. right, right. And yeah, problem solving. And, yeah. Problem solving and, and looking at the other side, outward problem like it's solving. awesome. Mm-hmm. Rational compassion. This is a new word that Ooh, I've I like learned. That. Right, Ooh. look it up. It's really interesting because those two things don't normally go together. <laughs> no, no. no, no. no. I feel like I, I'm like I am embracing the rational compassion. Mm-hmm. That's my yeah, new yeah. fucking motto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say that's Monday morning. Monday morning. <laughs> I'm a rational compassion. Anyway, thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a that was one that got me through session for sure. That's good. Yeah. I feel like it's a good time to take a short break. Take a little break. Uh my song of the week. So uh Kano, we I played him on the radio show. I'll tell and the people because he's you know yeah, Kano. across the pond. So he's from the UK, Kano K N O. And he's like one of like the early guys of like uh grime the grime hip hop scene out there in the UK with like Dizzy Rascal uh the godfather and like stuff like that so he's coming out with a new album on the 30th which is you know this coming friday and uh this is the song trouble and it obviously i like when they deal with social issues he talks about social issues so uh just listen and enjoy guys salute 
have begun the rebellion, refusing to work. They have received very little support from other sections of the population, as a consequence of which they must find money by these means. We say we are against those means, not because we are moralists, not because we are religious freaks, but precisely because mugging involves loss of life and liberty and a continuing attack upon that section of the black community, police brutality, prison brutality, a whole wastage of human creativity. That is why we were against it. Politician us don't make a sound Been oppressing us couple centuries now And these gunshots never reach your town It's never on top when you leave your house But when we go servants We might run into some beef or something Rambo tuck into the jeans or something But the beef please drop it cause it don't make money All our mothers worry when we touch the road Cause they know it's touch and go whether we're coming home And even that's for shit that could happen to us Or the shit we might do if you violate the code It's turning over new leaf times Machine no jeans full of peace signs Postcode warring, that's the thing now Young bucks beefing over street signs You ever seen the mother's tears run down Gucci glasses The imagery will hit you deep and cut through the hard shit A hood potential not reached you to gun barking Is bad business for the ends, man, I'm done talking So fun keeping score when it's one nothing Till loved ones get duppied inside the nine nights Any beef can be squashed if hands could be shaken Any hand could be shaken when the blood dries I guess that's not a fog line But cannon town a plaster, that's where the fogs die Where the slugs fly, then the doves fly And if you say you like beef, then you fogs lying These are my words to us, no tongue tying If you stay up riding, till the sun's rising And you're just trying to get one, or get bun trying Then we ain't on the same side of the sterling lining Politician us don't make a... Some youngers then will be from the main road Violate the click and then the K go They were off a brother from my say so But when they give him 30 Could I look mum in the face though? No, concrete roses, they really grow Shit, you see my whole set Don't watch the Rolex Just watch the progress From mopeds, cokeheads and the old gets 15 with a dream, 20 with a gold disc 21 second trip before I got my own whip 27, 28 and 9 was my lowest 30 re-upped again, 32 more checks So why would I throw away life for some jokers? Hopeless, on books with no Lopez Ups in the focus I know the roads, yes, but when the goal's bread It makes no sense Less condolences and more congratulations Brought a smile to my face I heard that Sammy's trading Cadence had a baby Baby, these are Uncle Wayne. Just got off the phone with Shane, he's invested major gravy. Gets ain't looked back since we blessed them stages. Now, man, I'm stepping on planes with our brethren Aiden. Still conflicted, cause man, I'll busk on Netflix. But I show you both sides of the fence. Watch out for splinters, rats and sinners. Gangsters, killers with straps and ringers. Tax and figures, your stash was dinner. Ugh. 
My only obligation is give inspiration. This the winner's table, it is your invitation. No sparklers over here and all the women taken. With this pop bubbles, pop doubles, we want no trouble. Wine to gal, we want no trouble. Just spend three grand, we want no trouble. Four more bottles, we want no trouble. Don't mean we're scared of nobody. Life's just too short for the bullshit, man. Politician us don't make a sound. Been oppressing us couple centuries now. And these gunshots never reach your town. It's never on top when you leave your house. But when we go servants, we might run into some beef or something. Rambo tuck into the jeans or something But the beef please drop it cause it don't make money Policeman hush don't make a sound Been locking ghetto youths up centuries now And these gunshots never reach your town It's never on top when you leave your house But when we go servants That was Trouble by Kano God damn it, you gotta watch the, the music video. Mm-hmm. Some very powerful, some very powerful art right there. Yeah, and then like, so he like talks about like social issues still happening out there in the UK, like London specifically. And like, like Idris and Stormzy from out there are like talking about don't stab your life away because like it's harder for the average person, kid, to even get a gun out there. So they're solving their problems by stabbing somebody else. And they're still, you know, all going to prison because the person dies. And it's just like one stab. You know, yeah. and a life as well. Oof. Watch the music video, definitely. But uh, yeah, and listen to the words like they're, you know, like they're important about social issues. And like you brought up, Sarah, like it's a, definitely not a side of British society that Americans see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, whew. Whew. it's good. It's powerful. And uh, what do you feel, Schwinn? <laughs> I get not no, 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 But yeah, trouble. By uh, Kano. Kano. Album comes out on the 30th. Um, he has this other single that came out. Um, Case of Deja Vu, I think, is the other one. But this is the one that obviously De La Photo likes a little bit more. So, yeah. And a lot's coming out on the 30th, too. Like, New Joel Ortiz is coming out. Uh, a couple other guys. So, the streets are still out there. <laughs> and we're and they're talking. Like we said earlier, hip-hop is uh, Color People CNN. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, that right there is a perfect example of hip-hop culture, how it's spread. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's a culture made and born of oppression by oppressed people. So mm-hmm. it is recognized, I feel like, worldwide for people in similar circumstances. And that's why it connects so much with, with people like that. Exactly. So. Tells the same story no matter where you are. Exactly. Just doesn't matter what land you're on. Same story is being told. So, yeah. Next up, Caesar. World news. (laughs) You know, I've heard that copied by like three or four podcasts. Really? Well, I've heard it on a couple other ones where I'm like, that's that's the same thing. Tell them who are they. I'm about best friends or block. (laughs) Uh, Like the Kevin Smith one, Fat Man on Batman. Like Mm -hmm. when they because they do a news segment Uh every time, and he'll he'll chime in and be like, dude, what? Oh man, Kevin Smith. Fresh setting here. He sees it was the first to do that. Holler at your boy, Kevin Smith. For real. I'm putting out to the universe right now. If not, I'll go to your comic book store and we'll talk about it. Well, first thing this week, we talked about this a little bit last or last time we were on. A, the protests in Hong Kong have steadily intensified. Mm-hmm. And now uh, Mike sent, salutes to Mike. Uh, he sent us a link to like the, the official Chinese government website. Mm-hmm. And the Chinese government is blaming journalists. Yes, they are. Because mm-hmm. they, they're starting to attack journalists mm-hmm. for reporting what's really happening. Especially and then in they China. blame yeah, so the journalists mm-hmm. for getting attacked. And they're also like blaming it on like 
the West and the United States are sitting are like instigating and trying to destabilize, mm-hmm. and they're the you know it's always the it's United always States, the other people. Yeah, the mm-hmm. United, like this is not an internal struggle. This is outside influences. The people are actually happy. Blah 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 blah. No outside influence. Was, China. The propaganda was super fucking mm-hmm. strong. Yeah, and it was like news out of Beijing. You know, like yeah. Beijing news. And so, like, you know, if you didn't hear last week's, so Hong Kong is in talks with, like, China, Taiwan, I believe, other countries that want extradition. So that means, because what happens in China and Taiwan, journalists uh, leave that country, go to Hong Kong, so they could talk about... actually report on what's going on. Yeah, they report about, because Hong Kong has freedom of speech. Obviously, the People's Republic of China does not like... Exactly. ...losing face over these reporters. So, what would happen if the deal goes through, that the Chinese government could tell Hong Kong and get the Hong Hong Kong (laughs) police to go after the journalists and then take them to China. And uh, Mm -hmm. now it's gone, I mean... Now it's awesome. They're shutting down flights. They like, shut down Hong Kong Airport for multiple yeah, days last They're week. shutting down flights, and that's fucking money, and that's what they care about. So now, so it's, now it's like getting Now they're big going shit. after the journalists because the mm-hmm. journalists reporting on it is more people are seeing it, so more and more people are coming mm-hmm. out. So, like, how do we stop this? Yeah. You tack the journalists mm-hmm. and get them to stop reporting on it. So that's, a, you know, some journalists were attacked by the authorities, mm-hmm. not by the protesters, by authorities, and uh, arrested and jailed. So that's how they're defending it, basically. Mm-hmm. But I saw yesterday, like China's the military starting to mobilize or something. Mm-hmm. But it, it's getting a pretty pretty intense. Yeah, like the the uh, the government there, the the leader, she's losing power because of her, you know, willingness to talk this deal. And now all these the protesters are calling for her her ouster. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, the same thing just happened in Puerto Rico, where protesters. The, the protest got so bad, the governor had to resign, and then the court uh, removed the replacement, too, and, like, a bunch of people were arrested by the FBI on corruption charges. So people, like, when you protest, like, it makes a difference. Like, mm-hmm. one government, like, the Puerto Rican government, like, the, the governor, the people, they got arrested and, like, out of power based off protests, and shit's getting pretty precarious out there in, in Hong Kong for this leader, who uh, people are not happy with, because obviously... This deal is not for the people. Yes, it's, it's like not. it's you know heavily influenced by China. So and that's the thing, and that's what the power of using your freedom of speech, the power to like, you know, protest, like it does work. But you know, mm-hmm. they're they're willing I mean, you've seen before that they're willing to kill people. So mm-hmm. Tiananmen Square, fucking look it up. So like <laughs> it's it's gonna get interesting here as things mm-hmm. escalate, like what are they gonna be like what are they gonna do? Because the whole world's watching now Mm -hmm. because like one of the biggest process was like two million people were in the streets of hong kong and then probably had to be more if they were at the airport you know and they're probably not going to lay those numbers out there because they're trying to they're going to downplay yeah exactly when they start when they start killing people it'll be Mm -hmm. downplayed just like just like when square just like in iran and uh iran and and tehran and stuff like that they just like swoop up any journalists and you know deal with them and you know aka kill them so you have thoughts on this area? <laughs> I'm I'm actually uh really ashamed I had this is the first time I had heard about this. Well, you know, it's not I don't even know why no. I know about it. It's the, it's like, not it's not really <laughs> it had, like no. until this week I don't think CNN had really even So I think that I had checked I've checked out a little bit. Um 
to reconnect with my kids. And so I have not been as invested in the national news as I normally am. Um, well, but I... I mean, it wasn't really made. It hasn't really been major news until no. yeah. this week, just because the, the airport, airport was mm-hmm. shut down. That's crazy. I was reading today that there's calls to boycott the Mulan movie because of the actress's engagement and the politics of what's going on in Hong Kong. That's. I mean, that touches home for me. <laughs> the three kids. Well, like I, I was looking forward to. No, that. no, no. Yeah. Well, I'm actually Mulan, and yeah. that probably tells you where Disney's. Uh, you know, right. money lies. Oh, I know. I'm sorry, but I like to, you no, know, conspiracy it is. Caesar. It is. Boom. Wait. So we have been talking about the different entities, um, in uh, corporate entities who are investing in the Trump campaign. Marvel. Uh, it's like Disney Marvel. Yeah, it's the worst. Uh, in it's and out. Worst. This week. In and out. In and out. CVS. And uh, well, there's another major one. I just read about people like, oh no, like, yeah. Yeah, mm. I, it's so I, funny though. I make a bomb ass burger. My, <laughs> so I, <laughs> in and out had and been like events, yeah. a weekly thing for us, right? That was like my kids' treat. There's always one day a week when Matt and I are, are like struggling to figure out dinner stuff, so we're like, ah, oh, burgers and fries. Mm. Well, and I told my kids, they said one uh, the day I found out about In and Out, um, they were like, well, I want burgers and fries, and I was like, no, man, we can't go to in and out anymore and they were like what why and i said well they support trump and my kids were like well okay let's go to jack in the box <laughs> like not even a question yeah. they totally got it i was so, like so I'm this is raising. what you gotta do <laughs> <laughs> ass kids you're raising yeah. <laughs> this is what you gotta do then i like how they didn't question mom no, for one like none question mom. that was tight <laughs> second maybe call royce and just order ahead so oh man, Royce burgers! Dude. I was gonna say like scoopers. Yeah, or, I was gonna say scoopers. It also like, that's though, the like our like, In and Out uh, cost me fifteen bucks for five people to eat. Yeah. So yeah. you know, there's it, we, uh, I was like, like a <laughs> getting yeah, that's kind of expensive burger <laughs> for for uh, seven and five year olds. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> Still, if that's what they're eating, then what are they gonna eat when they get older, Caesar? They're they're probably gonna make better burgers. <laughs> I'm looking to the future. Moving the food culture on. Yes. Next Gotta generation. Of the and speaking chicken. of food culture, look at this fucking segue. <laughs> oh. So I remember you telling me about this, and then I so, saw it mm-hmm. because because Skynet's Skynet listening. listening and- mm-hmm. Skynet lottery, please. <laughs> All right. So, the best chef in the world that was voted by the people who do like the top fifty restaurants in the world and everything like that. It's a female. She's from Mexico City originally. Listen. Went. NYC lives in New York now. She went to school at the Cordon Bleu in Austin, Texas, yeah. and uh, she's like uh, has a couple. Of, what are the name of the restaurants, Schwinn? Off the top of the head, one's like Alta. Alta, or, New York. Her name is Daniela. Yeah, Soto Ines. Mm-hmm. And, and she's she, only twenty-eight years old. Twenty-eight years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, she works at Cosme and uh, uh, Atla in uh-huh. New York City. And, like, the thing is, too, they put female. Like, this is the first time they put best female chef, but it should be the best, best chef. chef because they always do best chef. But she happened to be a, Yeah, terms. exactly. So All of a sudden, it's gendered when yeah. it's a girl. Yeah, and that's what got me mad in the well, first place. I, actually, another podcast I listened to in San Diego, they brought this exact thing Good up. Good job. They were very pissed off. No. They, they were very mad. They even brought one of the, the bigger uh, – her name's Claudette. She's a French chef out there. Mm-hmm. And they brought her on, and she was like – why am I segmented into now. female? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like almost putting it down. Like 
the best female. We don't want to say mm. she's just the best chef. But that also shows how, like, guy, you know? Oriented, yeah. How is. male-oriented this but That makes me more salutes to her to even yeah, No, and at 28, that's, like, nothing. She's young. Making moves. Yeah. But, yeah, so she did, like, a bunch of, uh, helped out this one um, entrepreneur with a restaurant in Austin. And then from there, they opened the two in New York City. So she's been making moves for a long time. It and just uh, makes like traditional uh-huh. um, Mexican like food based off of that where she yeah. grew up. And then also she has a, another one opening up, which is like Japanese influence on Mexican food. Ooh. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm about fucks with that shit. I'm all about right? those fusions. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Come on. As long as it's not too much, you know, like crazy fusion stuff. Just like a, a little mm-hmm. bit because like Rachel Ray says my homegirl. So if you switch more than three items in a recipe, it's a different recipe. Okay. So oh, that's a good narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, if they had like one or two little sprinkles of Japanese culture on there, I'm in. That's like my grandma, you know, from the south, from from Alabama, mm-hmm. like cooks great southern food. But like as she's gotten older, like she throws in, like she makes the best fried rice mm-hmm. I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And really good like teriyaki chicken wings. Mm-hmm. You know, just get, you know, learn. Like, yeah, good exactly. cook's a good cook, but obviously, you know, you get exposed to other cultures and other influences. Mm-hmm. Mm. Exactly. Way of the world. So, you know, just put it out to the universe. Give me that Kobe beef carne asada taco. <laughs> How good would that be? You know? That's so good. So our <laughs> bar does a Korean beef taco that uh-huh. is it's pretty delicious. The deep fried avocado at our bar is so yeah, good. Can we just talk about that uh-huh. deep fried avocado? Mm-hmm. How are they the only place that does that? I don't know either, but they're definitely ahead of the curve. Yeah. Well, because any I'm when I open a restaurant, <laughs> <laughs> first thing on the some menu. deep fried fucking avocados definitely uh-huh. go there. Definitely, they're so fucking good. I love avocados, and I like the mix of like bad and good. You know, mm-hmm. it balances that yin and yang. <laughs> you heard her. Mm-hmm. 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 That's that's the Sarah Peters <laughs> seal of approval, seal of approval right there. Mm-hmm. No words, just a sound. <laughs> well, um, next up in the news, so Israel refused to let Democratic lawmakers visit their country this week, and then they changed their mind because I have very strong feelings about this. I don't want to get mm-hmm. too into this, but God, like, how's Benjamin Netanyahu still, in, first of all, in control of this country? But uh, you know. Um, I always forget how to say it. Rashida. How do you say her name? Uh, is it Tlaib? The Democratic. Everybody knows I can't read. Yeah. So. She's from uh, Michigan. And then uh, Omar Ilhan. I can't think of her last name. But uh, the two of them were going to go on this trip. And she's going to visit her grandmother. And she wrote, like, asking. And then they like were like, you can't come here. Uh, or, like, you can come here as long as you don't promote boycotts of Israel. Because she's Palestinian, obviously she has very strong reasons to support yes, that. Yes, yeah. She's, and there's a difference, especially yeah. holler at uh, Jamel. Yeah. There's so, differences. So, uh, yeah, I mean, not to get too deep in this, Trump tweeted about it because <laughs> he hates them because they are a threat to him somehow. Um, Everybody's a threat apparently. Anyone who makes Anyone who makes yeah. old white men mad, though, is my team. Exactly. Oh, I'm about hey. that life. So uh, he, they were denied entry. And then they faced so much backlash and they backtracked. And then she was like, no, like she was like, okay. But then she got criticized for accepting it. So then she backed out. So basically it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But 
I mean, I kind of just want to say fuck Israel. Like, I understand that anti-Semitism is a very real thing. I mean, we were talking about the Holocaust in class the other day. But at the same time, you're fucking stealing their fucking land just like the United States did to the Native Americans. Mm. You just fucking steal their land, kill their people, and justify it because they lost a war a long time ago. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, <sighs> yeah, it's it's this also something that bothers yeah, me. it's just tough also because like it's we're kind of like we're watching we're watching it from modern genocide yeah. basically, and we're not Jamel. Then, at I know Jamel would, would yeah. be screaming. I know he, he would be. Uh-huh. But salutes to you, Jamel. Yeah, holler at my boy and your sister too. I'm pretty sure Janan's uh-huh. out there. She's out there in Palestine right now visiting her relatives and her grandmother who lives mm-hmm. in the West Bank. So probably practicing her training. Because <laughs> what do they do? Like two, three years of military doesn't that's, matter. That's the is that's Israelis. Oh, not the Palestinians. But I feel they do the same thing. No, they, no, they don't let the they don't let the Palestinians serve with them, bro. They're second class citizens. It's a different country. Yeah, mm. I mean they're not technically a recognized country, but <laughs> but yeah, two state solution. <laughs> Up in the mix supports a two state solution. <laughs> Give those people their land. Anyway, let's. Can we go to the speaking, something lighter? Can we go speaking of land? <laughs> <laughs> so this motherfucker, uh, fucking Edward Cheeto hands. He wants to buy <laughs> Greenland for some <laughs> reason. He wants to buy Greenland for some reason. I, I mean, like, oh yeah, America. Like, we could go buy another country at this point in in the world. Nick's like, we can't afford that. We can't afford a wall. How are we gonna afford a fucking country? Can't even afford to feed our Is people. Is it even yeah. for sale? Yeah, no. That's what they said. Greenland was like, it's not for sale anyways. <laughs> what the fuck is he thinking? He's like, I was like trying to think. Someone was like, I'll, I'll, you know what? Someone was like, he just saw a risk board and thinks the United States need to expand. But there's no way he's going to fucking Kamchatka because that sounds too Russian. Yeah. So if you've ever played risk, the only other place to expand is Greenland. Is, is Greenland. <laughs> Uh, but does he know Greenland is mainly ice? I know, like, what like is he, that's what I was like trying to think. Like, is it like is he confused about what Greenland is? Exactly, because Iceland like, gets all the tourists. Of, when he says that, like, what is he actually thinking of? But what I really think is actually he's thinking is there's probably like all this job opportunity out there for his corporations or his friends' corporations to go out there, and he wants to give him less taxes. I guess. And I think he's confusing Greenland with Iceland. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's like the you, greatest switch yeah, in history. Yes. <laughs> Bazinga, bitch. <laughs> so I was like, is he really following for the whole Greenland Iceland thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. fucking. That's something. 1200 like, years after that fucking yeah. verse was a thing. <laughs> something a kindergartner, you know, doesn't know. Like, First actually, grade, they know. The, the ironic thing about. Yeah, this is like fourth grade <laughs> yeah, social studies. Exactly. Actually, Iceland is a very nice country and Greenland is covered in ice, but uh-huh. they did that so people wouldn't go there. They would bamboozle people. Yeah, the I Vikings, like right? Your the average Vikings? third grader would be like, wait a minute, I heard about this yeah. somewhere. My teacher told me something. Can we talk about Icelandic food, though? Uh, I've never had Icelandic no. food. So there's an entire restaurant in Iceland that cooks everything with geothermal heat. I can see that. Yeah. They got all those volcanoes. Yeah. They also lo- eat a lot of fermented foods. I was going to say, a lot of, is it like Scandinavian food? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. Is, I've heard it has a lot of fermented fish, mm-hmm. which, hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> I've, some of the pickled, some of the pickled, yeah, game. like, so, <laughs> I was trying to think what I was watching where they were eating that fermented fish that comes in the can that basically pollute something that like that called? yeah sure it's, it's basically delicious. smells it's delicious yeah. it's supposed to be super good but it smells like death oh, yeah. uh-huh. 
So like, if you can like not throw up while you're eating, you cannot, it's, yeah. it's really good. Oh, it tastes fine. So maybe, oh, eat it while you have a cold. Exactly. So that's what I was thinking. It. Exactly. Like, I no, you have to eat it like outside. Yeah, you have to eat it outside. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Or during August, which is you know uh, apparently the, peak allergy season, and now. then you can't smell anyways. Allergies. <laughs> See, boom. The last so, thing on the news. Go ahead. Let's go. Let's go. It's fermented shark. Ooh. And it's it tra- it like the word becomes fermented shark or rotten shark. <laughs> well, isn't fermented I mean, going bad and anyways? Fermented is I feel like when I was thing. watching it, it depends was, on the colonies. The decom- it. Decomposition definitely occurred. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so technically yeah. So okay, so if I eat that will I become a shark zombie? You might. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. There you go. See, (laughs) biologist has my side, and science, bitch. Once again, I was thinking, how would you kill a zombie shark? (laughs) From the back, because we can't go backwards. Like a silver steak? No, that's a vampire. Yeah. (laughs) And actually, to go back to the silver seal, to the Greenland thing with the more stab in the back thing. Um, (laughs) As this is this is a quote from a comment: As the Arctic continues to melt due to global warming, Greenland's Resource such as iron ore, lead, diamonds, gold become more available. So Caesar was right, and they're more accessible. Boom! <laughs> All so day they're just planning ahead. So like when. <laughs> When the fucking ice caps melt, you know, they'll have first dibs on all that. Because no one will be living there. So that means global warming's real? Global warming. (laughs) Is is Trumpito saying global warming's real? That's the thing, though. That's the thing, people. Is he saying it's real now? For those of you who don't (laughs) believe. See, look at that. Boom, boom. Two steps. For those of you who don't believe in global warming, how come all the oil covers and everything have contingency plans for when all the fucking shit goes down? global warming. You think shareholders would be that? They're 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 worried about money, not your fucking beliefs. Exactly. Up in the mix gives you to a real and raw. <laughs> I just solved two problems. Speaking of problems being solved, <laughs> Aesop Rocky, who, who was in jail, the was, motherfucking handsomest, was found not was found guilty, but was released on time served because he'd spent almost a month in jail. Was found guilty mm. for simple assault in the case where we talked about a the guy kept ago. nagging at the him guys and were, like were chasing and him, harassing them. They fought. Prosecutor wanted to make a name for himself. It was on video. Then Kanye had to hit up Trumpito. Yeah. (laughs) So Kanye, then Kanye West hit up fucking Cheese Hands and asked him to help out. So then, like, the U.S. sent like a hostage negotiator to fucking Sweden. It was over there, like, threatening fucking Sweden to let Aesop Rocky go. Like, we were, like, literally sent someone. Who like specializes in hostage? Where there's other countries like Iran where people are actually hostage. Yeah, they send someone to fucking Sweden to like threaten Sweden, and like the Swedish were like, the government was like, uh, it's up to the courts. Like how it works, it's rule of law. We can't override the law, so we have to let this process play out. And Trump was like, well, like threaten, like they literally, we were literally threatening Sweden over Aesop Rocky. So that's the I, world we live in today, people. I love that that was happening. But because Aesop Rocky, salute to you, awesome shit. But I feel like I just think of like, the, the, that's the, how the, easily distracted our president yes, is. Yes, it is. That Kanye West can fucking call him, <laughs> and then he sends people to go threaten fucking Sweden to release a fucking rapper when he should send him to more important places. Gotta give Kanye props for that one, though. No, that's the only yeah. thing that he's yeah, got props for in a little bit. Right yeah. Yeah. Just strategy. What uh, the fuck no. is going on? And I on? feel like I'm watching like the negotiator with Samuel <laughs> Jackson, and Samuel yeah. Jackson is out there yelling, Hey, motherfucker! Let Aesop go! Why? Because we're America, and we're bullies. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what played out in my head. 
So, <laughs> she wanted to check who it was they probably sent. Probably just as gangster. <laughs> no, they. It was like, this is not Samuel Jackson. They did some with his motherfucking wallet. <laughs> just Samuel Jackson's fucking John Travolta. <laughs> so this is what we're gonna do. See that? See that wallet? It's ASAP Rocky. All right, That's let's mine. move on. Let's move on. Uh, this week in racism, uh, a man was stopped by police because a white woman said he looked at her suspiciously while he was parking his car. Police showed up. Four officers then surrounded the man and questioned him for 15 minutes before releasing him. Luckily, there was like a black woman, another like a black woman started recording it, and then a white woman went up and yelled at the police officers, using her privilege very strong. Salutes to you, um, to uh, point out how ridiculous it was that he had done literally nothing wrong. But again, add parking your car to things you cannot do while black. (laughs) This reminds me of my kids. So I've got a I've got a six year old, a four year old, and a two year old. And my two-year-old is at the age where she's like, she comes into the room and she looks over. And if her brother looks over and looks at her, she goes, ah, stop looking at me. Mommy's looking at me. (laughs) It always happens. That's how my brother and sister were because they're close in age. Remember those times? Yeah. What What did you do to him? Nothing. Nothing. He's looking at me. Just looking at me. Don't look at me. Oh my goodness! So you you're comparing this room. grown woman to your two-year-old? Yeah, I'm just saying. Sometimes there's there's similarities. <laughs> I mean, he should have um, looked. He shouldn't have looked that way. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, he was like, I was thinking about Emmett Till because that's what got him killed. Supposedly he looked <laughs> at a white woman and then he was murdered. So I guess you don't get murdered yeah. anymore. You just yeah. get the police call on yeah. you. Yeah, I actually, I actually, I think that's what kind of happened the other day at work. So I'm leaving work on lunch. And there's this um, person that works like around the, not around the corner in the same building, but just a different thing. And we're not connected. So like in, she comes into like our side. So she's seen me before, you know, like get water and whatever. And we both leave at lunch at the same time. First time it's ever happened. And like she's walking in front of me and I'm just like with my headphones on walking. And she just keeps looking back at me and then keeps looking back. So like I mentally i'm like all right i'm gonna separate and like go maybe a couple car links down and then she still keeps looking at me and then she i was like well i'm just gonna walk fast and pass her so then she doesn't feel like i'm behind her walking same thing happened to me Uh uh-huh wednesday night i was going to get my beard trimmed in the basement and like uh at because it was late so it was like 6 45 so uh it's the only thing that's open that time is the bar is the uh, barbershop and the gym, the, and it's like mostly women at the gym, and so it's like dark. Everything else is closed, and like she was came out of the bathroom as I was walking to the barber shop, and like I could tell like she was kind of startled to hear anyone else walking down there because yeah. normally the barber shop's closed, and she like glanced over her shoulder a couple of times, but I like in that case I completely understand. Like she's a woman, you kind of have to keep your fucking head exactly in mm-hmm. situations. This woman, though, that was not a... He was in his car parking. Yeah. She was outside. It's not like he was, like, stalking her. Yeah. But, huh. yeah. But I, I didn't get upset. Yeah. I was just yeah. like... I thought to myself, I was like, damn it, like... Yeah. No, because then to she... To feel like... Yeah. I mean, you... you know, it's under, but mine was, like, at lunchtime, in the daytime. It's understandable. So, I, she stopped, and then I passed, and I kept walking. And then I get to my car, and then, like, she's, like, w- still walking around the building. Because you never know. And then, like, I'm just, like, I keep you driving. And then she saw me today and kind of, like, stopped. 
So she finally realized, oh, he's... You work there? Yeah. Yeah. And I understood. I was like, there's hardly anyone else down here, especially guys. Mm-hmm. She's like, why would someone else be out, you know, down here? So I was like, I understand why you would be wary. Yeah. I don't know. Race him still. You also still don't alive have, like, a, a big old beard that looks like it requires a lot of maintenance, though. Well, I mean, that's because I just got a trip. <laughs> yeah. I've gone... It's I, good beard. It's good beard. I've gone twice in the last month which is normal like more than i know normally go but i'm like spacing winter time i grow it out summertime keep it more nice plus the other school i wanted to look nice so it is it is weird being a woman right like and i grew up in reno when i was like 14 we used to walk from prater and green bray into reno on fourth street right so like i'm not i don't know not sensitive i guess but there, uh, I do find, especially as I get older, that um, I like things that happen in my surroundings are 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 more oppressive. Um, maybe because I worry about my kids. Like my fear of dying is not because I don't want to die. It's because I don't want to leave my kids alone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but but I do find myself like every once in a while checking my privilege of like. Am I reacting to this situation because of the person in the situation or is because it's the situation I put myself in? Like, it's it's a weird, it's a weird feeling um, being a woman and, like, the vulnerability that exists around being a woman. And yeah, I imagine so, the same thing, right? Like, the vulnerability around but being also a like, person of color. and. But also, like, the opposite is true. It's like, uh, you know, I've lived down here for a long time and I've walked around in these dark streets wasted completely oblivious not giving two shits yeah. at all because like i know no one's gonna mess with me but like i you know having women friends and hearing their stories of walking home and being harassed and stuff it's like something uh, like the Z's and sorry show that has an episode where like they're out with friends and like him and his guy friend walk home and it's just like you know giggling laughing giggling, laughing drunkenly walking home and their girls or friends are walking home and like they split up and like this guy like starts talking to her and kind of like starts off innocently but then like starts kind of like following her and she freaks out and it just shows it just shows like the different spaces that we live in oh so much and something that when you're younger you don't think about that invincibility thing right yeah once again yeah yeah when you're yeah, exactly. Or maybe it was simpler times when we were younger. It's like easier to ignore. Well, I feel like it doesn't Probably matter. Probably a little the, bit of A and a little bit yeah, of B. Yeah, because I feel like it doesn't matter the times. It's always been there, you know? Maybe we just didn't realize exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Less smoke. Because I feel yeah, it's always been there. Yeah, definitely took it for advantage yeah. back in the day. So, But how are you on time? Are you good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next up. <laughs> this thing. Okay. So pop culture section. How do you feel about <laughs> White Claws, first of all? Yeah. That is a white claw. Uh, that's a Correct good answer. answer. Good answer. <laughs> Correct answer. All right. What about you, Schwinn? San Diego life. The refreshing <laughs> in the mornings. So it's white morning. claw. Okay. What is a white claw? A white claw is a hard spritzer, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's basically an alcoholic, if you know it, a... Uh, <laughs> it's water with alcohol. So it. it's it's bubbly <laughs> water. Like a LaCroix? It's an alcoholic. Yeah. It's literally it's like a, yeah. a LaCroix okay. with okay. LaCroix. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. So it's Why making... Why would you pay for that? Exactly. <clears throat> but so it's been taking over pop culture and everyone's been drinking it. I've been noticing even on my feed with friends all over the world. BMXers. BMXers. You know what? They have to like, stop that. <laughs> put my foot down. Yeah. Up in the mix is not approved White Claws. No, I don't. Because, yeah. yeah. 
No. If you do, Here, drink them. <laughs> okay. No, Swim. I, oh, no, no. Let's see the second side so we can trump so, that thing. I have multiple coworkers who are celiac disease, and I have my cousin who's gluten intolerant. So okay, they have. Like, That's fine. So for when them. they go out, they can't drink beer, and so like when we do like we have our beer league softball, I bring uh-huh. white claws for them. Because they have, that's all. Okay. Really okay. Like, yeah, and at the same fine. time, and, and there's a lot of things like it's low alcohol percentage. Like a lot of the. What's no, the point? A lot because of the people are like, shot, they're shotgunning again. them. They're like. Yeah, they're like, they're like Zimas. Yeah. Like someone. The best meme I saw was like the Scooby-Doo gang <laughs> unmasking a White Claw. Yes. It was a Zima underneath. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. pretty much what good. I mean. Yeah. So, so it's making such hard waves because you know white claw waves, blah blah blah. Play on words. All right. So, PB <laughs> PBR is gonna come out with a hard slitzer, slitzer, seltzer, seltzer, seltzer at like eight percent, nine percent, and then for locos is coming out with joking memes about like. We're gonna be the first ones with the whatever. For locos, like we did that four yes. years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's funny, but yeah, it's crazy that it's like Paps is doing it. Is it Miller Lite or I think it's like another so big. Cor- the internet though, if you guys aren't familiar with the Kyle memes, <laughs> <laughs> they're just like the White Claws, the Kyle drink of the summer. Yeah. And dude, they're so funny. Oh, they're everywhere. Now. Dude, if you haven't crazy. seen the memes, look up look up Kyle's on the internet. Yeah. It's a whole phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. And like this one guy does all these videos, and he's like, when Kyle discovers White Cloud, he's like, <laughs> yeah. Mm, this is hella good. <laughs> but yeah, like an article I read was like DC. It's like it's like taking over DC. Like they're like doing them at brunch and like shotgunning them, and it's fucking crazy. So I don't remember what bar I was at, but. Yeah, was, <laughs> someone was like, oh, my God, they have white claw on the menu. And I was like. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> are you friends? Should are we you leave? Friends? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. It's so, it's just taking over the hard world. Hard pass. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah. I like, I like real things. It gives me really bad heartburn. I bet. I bet like, it does. Yeah. That's what you get, old man drinking fucking that spritzer fucking alcohol. Mm-hmm. And they come in, like, five different flavors. Five, yeah. Because <laughs> they have Michael's. Actually, Michael's so, like, and they make the fucking worst flavor. He's like, they make pineapple. Who the fuck is drinking pineapple fucking flavored shit? P- pineapple flavored water. With a little bit of alcohol. Because so I'm on that LaCroix. old man game. That's, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm on that old man game and I like have coupons for days. So I did buy a ton of White Claw the other day because it was like on sale at Safeway constantly. Quantity. And it was like. I got like a whole twelve pack for like four dollars after rebates. And four dollars? Because they're literally worth. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> dude! A twelve, pa- a twelve pack normally goes for like twelve nine nine thirty. Yeah, because there's way more alcohol in it. Yeah, resale I, gang right there. And I was like, I just you should be a white claw dealer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, sure bro- I'm sure there's Kyles everywhere. Dude, especially in San Diego. Yep. Oh, On, a lot of Kyles out there. Near the beach. <laughs> so what do they, do we're, they we're call those people. like turbo Coronas, we're, right? Where you take the first sip out and then add a, uh, a shot of tequila. I feel like this is like the white. I've only claw. ever had that at Five Star. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> How much I love Five Star. But, uh, but mean, yeah. Real, real, real people shotgun regular yeah, beers. Yeah. Like, it's like this is like the Smirnoff challenge. I'm like, exactly. This is the dumbest thing ever. The other you're day, not, you're not impressing me by chugging a fucking fruity drink designed for 19 year old girls. Okay, exactly. It's not, to, it's not to impress you; it's to hurt the other person. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so also speaking of shotgun, and salute to Dave. Happy uh, 40th birthday, homeboy. 
he pretty much shotgunned Mad Dog 2020. Why? I don't know, but when, what year was this? It was yesterday. Or it was, no, no, no. It was no, no. It was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Why? Yeah, ch- check out, check out. He's still in yesterday. Check out. I was thinking you were like, yeah. oh yeah, like one time in college. No, he shotgun. No, so salute to Jake at Aces. He got Dave a Mad Dog twenty twenty because he's like twenty plus twenty equals forty. Happy fortieth birthday, Dave! Right. So like Dave took. Salute to you, Dave. Yes. Dave took a swig, Costa took a swig, uh, Jake took a swig, and then homeboy just got on his knee and pounded the rest of the Mad Dog 2020. Well, I, I thought, understand this better now. I, I uh, He was just showing you all he still got it. Heartburn initially went into my mind, and I was like, <laughs> that is horrible. And then he just... <laughs> And it was seeing. I, I saw, saw the picture and yeah. now I understand it. Yeah. No, from you, you're the one that introduced me to that. Exactly. <laughs> Mad dogs are good. I still in certain climb, situations. Climbing over them in the movie theater. So to Dave, though. Now yeah. hearing the situation with the context, yeah. I understand it. And he's then, turning 40. Yeah. You know, he's just showing you guys, like, look, I might be this mild mannered, older. But it, yeah, but it wasn't Dave drinking it. Was the other, I forgot the guy's name that drank it and shotgunned it. But I only saw him for like 45 minutes after that. And his drunkenness just, it was uh, exponential. Uh, exponential. Oh, sure. That was the word I was thinking, <laughs> but uh, I'm kind of lost in yeah, the Yeah, that's the, the fucking yeah. wheels come out. There's no brakes on that train. No. And with all that sugar, like the next morning, oh, miserable. Ouch. That was a Thursday, too. The, next the Wednesday, yeah, with Thursday. So, like, I went to uh, Magpie today, and he said, people are still hurting. I talked to Louie. People were hurting yesterday, Thursday, after Dave's party, and then uh, this morning, Friday as well. I'm happy I left at nine o'clock. <laughs> had I'm glad I didn't go. I was so tired, dude. I had to pick up my appointment. I had to pick up my babies. I had to pick up the lady, the baby, and I was like, "I gotta go, adult guys. I'm out of here," and I made the right choice. All right, let's move on. Oh, let's do. We'll do my song of the week, and then we'll come back and close the show out by asking her the meandering questions. All right, what's Does your sound s- like a plan? Yeah, what's your song of the week? My the song of the week is a uh, RNP by uh, YBN Corday and mm-hmm. uh, Anderson Pock. Salutes. To Gilder, my man, our man, uh, he's been ta- telling us about him. He posted yeah. a video of him freestyling when he was like 10 years old. Uh-huh. He's like, I've been telling people about him. We just weren't listening, but I heard you. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm going to dedicate this song goes out to you, Gilder. Old Dirty Gilder? Old Dirty Gilder. Salute, Salute you, to you. And uh, check this song out, uh, RNP. Salute. Y'all niggas gon' be fuckin' with me I got two bad bitches gon' be rubbing my feet I got three young niggas down the bus at the heat And all y'all ain't got nothing in Ooh, me Ooh, now one of y'all niggas gon' be fuckin' with me I got two bad bitches gon' be rubbin' my feet I got three young niggas down the bus at the heat And all y'all ain't got nothing in me uh, Okay, put your fucking hands up This the fucking anthem Smiling cause I'm young, rich, black, and I'm handsome Not to mention wealthy Ass on a healthy Young millionaire What the fuck can you tell me? Smell me, nigga that's Chanel Cologne. I'm in Europe with the tourists with no cell your phone. Like, ooh, sound like rich nigga problems. I hit a bad bitch with a fist full of condoms. In the randomness of risky menages. Like, get the head right, she can get what she want. If it's fits, then flaunt it. My trip like a faucet. She told me she was pregnant. I ain't even take the motherfucking dick out my 
hockey, yeah. The opposite. She want me to fly her, so I cop the jet. Must be thinking I'm a one-way ticket on a runway. Dripping in my feng shui, sipping on a Sunday. One of y'all niggas gonna be fucking with me. I got two bad bitches gonna be rubbing my feet. I got three young niggas down the bus at the heat. And all y'all ain't got nothing on me. Ooh, now one of y'all niggas gonna be fucking with me. I got two bad bitches gonna be rubbing my feet. I got three young niggas down the bus at the heat. And all y'all ain't got nothing on me. I bought a Montclair coat for the times we're broke. I'ma wear it in the summer on LeBron James boat. Front row, duh, bro. We don't sit on those bleeds. Ain't your pockets obese? They won't fit in those seats. Ain't we like a co-team? Nigga Shaq and Kobe. Like back in 03. I was only like six. I was like 16. But I can give a 16. I can make a bitch scream. That's a bit extreme. I got a thick ball, bitch. I call her Miss Clean. My trip frosty like Halls and Listerine. We are all stars. You hardly six streams. Yeah, I had to ball hard to harvest these dreams. Swear to Yeah, me too. No Harvey Weinstein. The coupe was lime green. My wrist was blinding. We party in South Beach for Robbie's and blue cheese. Fuck does that even mean? Nigga, just let the hook sing. One of y'all niggas gonna be fucking with me. I got two bad bitches gonna be rubbing my feet. I got three young niggas down the bus at the heat. And all y'all ain't got nothing on me. Ooh, now one of y'all niggas gonna be fucking with me. I got two bad bitches gonna be rubbing my feet. I got three young niggas down the bus at the heat. And all y'all ain't got nothing on me. Welcome back, guys. That was Sean's Song of the Week, and it was R&P by YBN Corday featuring Anderson Pock. First of all, 2018 or 2019, year of Anderson Pock. Uh-huh. He's on everything. Everything. He's it's kind of like Wheezy back in the day and like what, 04 to the... He's on everything. Yeah. And, and this song's great. And, you know, he's just talking about, uh, you know, some of, some of, now that he has money, some of the problems he has... You know, aren't like the problems he used to have in life. <laughs> Which is a good Which, thing. Which, yeah, change, you, you just, know, as you, you have older, to, like, hire people now. You're a tax guy. When, you know, when you you're know? poor and young, yeah. you don't have the same type of problems exactly. that you have when you're older and mm-hmm. have more money. Exactly. And that's all he's saying, mm-hmm. basically, in that song. So, good one. Anderson yeah. Pock, salute to you as well on everything. And salute to Gilder. We know you listen, and he loves that, he loves that dude. Yeah, he listens to that work, too, which is tight. I like that. I like that we're in the streets. I'm not going to tell you his job. I'm not going to put him out there. Like stop like signs and mailboxes? Mailboxes and stop signs. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Next up. Ms. Peters, are you ready for the meandering questions? Yeah. It's changed sure. a little bit since last time you were here. Okay. Because it was rapid fire. Now it's meandering because it's never fast. <laughs> I remember this gave me the most anxiety last it's like, time. It's like I a, didn't know what you guys were going to throw at It's me. like a tortoise. So. But tortoise salutes to, yeah. to Mike, uh-huh. uh, you know, listener, friend of ours. I was like, you know, as a constituent of her ward, is there any questions <laughs> that we should ask? So yeah. he helped you know, formulate some of the questions earlier, but it's a, a couple that he gave us ideas for a couple of these. So. And this is a straight from the people. Yes. I like this. First question. We ask this to everyone. What's the last musical artist you were listening to? Uh, so I have stations I listen to. There you go. Um, and I am partial to my indie rock station or my indie dance mix stations okay yeah it's just i don't know keeps me going all right all right favorite place in nevada outside of reno sparks area oh that's a tough one 
Um, okay, so my grandparents had a ranch out on the Walker River right as it leaves Topaz. Um, and we would spend summers there. My parents would drop me off with my grandparents and we'd hang out there for like a week. Um, and that is one of my favorite favorite places probably like memory favorite though it's changed a lot when I was a kid we could find like wild asparagus and watercrest out there you can't find that anymore because cattle um, it all. yeah yeah change the soil out there well that's a good uh, yeah. yeah that's a good answer you want to go next for, for what? oh the meandering questions oh okay yeah <laughs> get you up in the conversation for which one? Uh, number oh. three. Number three. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, favorite place for family outing? Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> we, we are still young family and corralling children can be difficult. Um, so, we try not to go to heavily populated areas where I might lose one of my three little ducklings. Um, I, I like places where, um, I know like there's, there's like there's structure around to help me out. So like the discovery museum here is really great. Um, today we went out to the, um, to wild Island water park and hung out there. And those, those have been good for family outings cause it gets us outside and around people. Um, but also is, uh, relatively safe for my, my kiddos <laughs> extra eyes. You got to corral them. <laughs> <laughs> No, Every place had a fence. You might not be able to partake in this, uh-huh. but what's your favorite place in Reno to enjoy an adult beverage when you get the chance? So, uh, so this is an interesting issue, right? Like some people don't, some people, some politicians are like, don't, don't talk about it. Don't, don't show up in photos with it, but whatever. Like it's part of the culture of Reno. And I think we have some really fantastic venues in Reno that showcase some really talented beverage artists. Um, I like, uh, so it depends on what I want to drink. So rum, sugar, lime for rum, obviously. Uh, Chapel for whiskey um, is one of my favorites. Um, Beer-wise, man, I don't know. We have some really great beer venues in town. I I think I'm probably partial mostly because the outside is really wonderful to pinion. Um, and, and I love uh, Noble Pie's wings. They're probably my favorite in town. Um, but it's one of those unsung... Uh, economies of Reno like how vibrant that is our food and drink industry is really phenomenal Um, I talk about it as much as I can I just I just wish we had more diversity because we do have a lot of peaks and wings like cool don't open any more of that stuff but diversify your bonds yeah uh speaking of it so wells avenue has really started to blossom as a an like a new food Food wave uh-huh. has kind of come through. Mm-hmm. I have not been to the Maya. What is it? Do you Plaza know Maya? what I'm talking Maya? about? Mm-hmm. Plaza that Maya. That place is so good. It's oh, so good. good. Okay. They did raise their tacos. Yet. They're like, uh, so they ha- they used to have their dozen tacos for 13 bucks. What? Now it's 14 bucks, but it's still a okay. deal. But okay. they're so good. No, that's they're good. so good. Yeah. And you could choose from like a pastor and everything. Yeah, uh, and and mix and match. That's the important thing. You can mix and match. Mm, so Plaza Maya is good. The Vaughn, uh, what's the new Von one? Vaughn Bismarck. Vaughn Bismarck. Been I haven't yet. been there. I like to give a new place two Come months yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. they could get the, everything in line and I could give it a good, you know, review. 
There's a yeah. new place in the old Brothers Barbecue too. I just saw today. Is there really? It looks yeah. like a like a yeah maybe a, a Mexican joint or something. I didn't, I didn't. I just saw the sign had changed to mm. something else. And then there's another like Mother Hattie Maddie's Maggie's something Maggie's. Oh kitchen. yeah, it's like a little sandwich little, shop. Yeah, it's like right there yeah, too. Yeah, I had breakfast there the other it's day. Maggie's, yeah. Bomb breakfast burrito. Mm. Super yeah. good. That's and then Walden's has a place down Walden's, there. Yeah. Salute to Mark at Magpie's down there for a long I time love now. Magpie. Mm-hmm, that's where all my photos hang up. So oh, are those yours? We were yeah. just talking about how good that escalator photo is. Damn, yeah. what's up? Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, they're about to change next month, so it'll be Subways, I think. Is Subways. My, my, cause like I, the sandwich shop Subways? Or like no, like uh, <laughs> like people movers. <laughs> <laughs> like people movers. Although I feel like you should do a black and white series on Subways. <laughs> yeah, like the desolation, <laughs> the desolation and depression <laughs> of the people there. Because they're eating at Subway because it's terrible. Or just good sandwiches. Just do mm, some do, do a, some good sandwiches. Do a food porn. Yeah. Like, like go to Michael's Deli. I will Deli. help you with that sandwich one because I am a sandwich, yes. sandwich connoisseur. Because sandwich. the bread is so important. Everything's important. Mm-hmm. It's a sandwich. Exactly. The bread is. The bread, like if you got some whack ass uh, bread, no, but good ingredients. Destroys I don't it. fuck. Don't fuck me with that shit. Yeah. Give me a lettuce wrap. It's a salad. Mm-hmm. Salad. You know who's yeah. really good bread? Uh, Rubicon Deli. Oh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We need you to do it. We need to do a food Town? tour. Deli Town's Deli good. Town, right by work. Boom. Michael's Deli. I've been, I've been smashing Deli Town since high school. Yeah. It's <laughs> Yeah. All right. Do you like sushi? Yes. Okay. What's your favorite sushi place in Reno? Tokyo. Although I hate saying that out loud because it's gotten more and more busy uh, in the last couple of years. So this is our thing, too. We like Tokyo. Service is shitty. Yeah, it's become pretty bad. Have you been to Hinoki? Where's which one's that? Where's that's that? That's the one on Off Longley, Longley. McCarran. We went there last time. Oh yeah, and the super good. And then so and the some service of, was amazing. Yeah, so some of the guys from Haroba, like yeah. the one on Skyline, they're in that. Mm-hmm. So even like the sushi chef guy, um, I've known him from Haroba. He even came out and started busting tables. I didn't like. The so we went on like a Tuesday or something. Oh, a couple years ago, I think, and the ceiling height made it feel very industrial, which was like not a pleasant eating experience for me. Mm. At Hanoki, yeah, that doesn't bother me then. <laughs> I didn't. Know, I'm trying to think. I didn't. Know. I think it, if there had been more people there, yeah. it would have been less it was, oppressive. It was but when we went. yeah, there were very. It few is. People. It is a warehouse space. Yeah, I understand that feeling, but. Mm-hmm. It's just really good. So this is good. That's good. That's good. Ambiance. Uh huh. But like with Tokyo sushi, I like going during the week to get that all you can drink sake on. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, li- I, I love like their sushi, but I'm not. A, I don't care about sake. So it doesn't yeah. do anything. Because like the snapper is really good at Tokyo. Like I love me that red snapper. Because I eat a lot of nigiri. Mm-hmm. Like I don't fuck with all those rolls with sauces on them. Give me that. It's like old dirty bastard. Give it to me raw. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent segue. Next question. <laughs> um. <laughs> Next question. Are you a burner? <laughs> no. So I actually get to go for my first time this year. I was invited on an educational trip by Burning Man to go out on the 27th, I believe. Um, How long are you going to be out there? A couple of hours. So it's so a, tour. Like a tour. <laughs> yeah, it's a tour, um, which is okay. So hi- family history. Um, my grandfather is a well-known local artist. and He was one of the first installation artists in Burning Man. So I grew up with this like story of what Burning Man was. 
And by the time I was old enough to go, it had become so commercialized that it was not something that I've really like, it wasn't the same image I had had as in a your kid. Mind. Yeah. Of what it could be. Plus I was po- like 20 bucks in my gas tank was, now. was more way than I could expensive. afford a week. Yeah, yeah. Let alone trying to save I think up. My first burning ticket was bucks. like $200. Yeah. yeah. It's like and festival it's, stuff it's, now where you have to be like right at 1201 or 12. When they come out with the tickets to get a decent price ticket. So, so I got to talk to Burning Man, and they are they're trying to shift the culture away from like the capitalism consumerism stuff that had kind of been like filtering into it. So they're trying to get a handle on it again, and I'm looking forward to having a conversation with them during this trip about like what are they doing to try and stymie that and like encourage really like the holistic approach of like this is a a, a counterculture community based trade in or a uh, 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 gifting situation rather of, of art and appreciation rather than like what do I get from it yeah. and I think that I think I th- it'll be interesting to see um, what my cat's out of the bag is. to me yeah. the cat's yeah. out of the bag I mean I don't know it's a victim of its own success mm-hmm. that's my thoughts you can't unless they're going to limit the number of people ago or somehow create it's just it's but it's still wild to me that it becomes like the third biggest city in Nevada. In yeah. Just that week. Is it two weeks now or is it still one week? It's like a week. You know, one of the, so one of the unsung issues uh, around Burning Man is the stress it puts on the infrastructure up through that area. Mm-hmm. The roadways have div- um, have taken a beating um, beyond what their structure was designed for. And that's not something we've talked about in like what, burning man contributes back into our economy um and where those funds go and are directed to and it's something that gerlach has come out and said like a couple of things about like needing just a little more statewide support for this uh this activity out there that um, once a year puts a lot of stress on their infrastructure those highways are pretty not no. busy for all yeah. those people like yeah, there's just like, so much influx of people from all over the world and wheels and yeah. heavier vehicles all the way yeah and they're sitting there like in line for hours and hours and hours like several times so mm-hmm. at the hottest those, part of the season yeah so like those roadways probably were not you know they're designed for way less tra- way yeah. less traffic yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> but uh we have one more question is that for me your uh favorite local event So it's changed a lot since I've had kids. Um, and as someone who's grown up here, yeah, it might change because some. I mean, right? How many we, times can you do the same thing? Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. So like when I was a kid, I really liked, and I don't think it, it, it's kind of having a rejuvenation, I guess, in a different way. But the farmers market in Sparks was one of my favorites, right? Because we could all kind of congregate there in our youth mm. and um and that definitely and was the hot spot back in the day back in the day music. <laughs> yeah. get that drink on start on thursday yeah. just and walk then, around yeah. yeah just be seen yep uh-huh. <laughs> and then the rib cook-off was a thing for me i really liked ribs but now i have gallbladder issues that make like pork not a friend of mine so that's not a mm. it's not something we do so much anymore um we used to when we first started having kids go to the farmers market on California. Really like that, um, but with three kids, like we pretty much take up the entire thing. So <laughs> we uh, we stopped doing that. The Saturday so morning ones. Yeah, over there? yeah. It's it crazy packed over there. Now. Yeah, yeah, and my husband works on Saturdays, so like we just don't do as much family stuff on Saturdays anymore. Um, but uh, 
politically speaking, the Pride Parade has probably in the last couple of years has probably been my favorite activity in town. Um, it was crazy busy this year. We were talking. I feel like they had to move when it was so that other people could come here and participate and move it away from other Pride events in other cities. But not just yeah. other people coming here, but people here being able to participate yeah. because there were events in Sacramento and San Francisco and L.A. and like yeah. Salt Lake City. And I think now like cities are really talking to each other about the Pride. Hey, the, now they're starting Reno's to stagger. That's, that's how big Reno's gotten. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's cool. It's to on see the list. That yeah. Because yeah, like they're working with other cities to coordinate when they celebrate mm. this because people want to come here exactly. for pride and celebrate. Uh-huh. Mm. So one weekend you go to SAC, the next weekend you come here to Reno. Yeah. And like still participate. There's a couple yeah. weeks between, yeah. 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 But it, but that, I really appreciate how many people show up in support of that and like all the work that the folks who put it on put into it. And I, I just think they really do a great job of creating an inclusive narrative and like purpose, putting purpose behind it. It's not just a like show um uh for the masses it's really like purpose driven and uh, regarding inclusive inclusion mm-hmm. then this the the other thing that um that came up this year that is new was the drag queen story time out at the sparks I remember library seeing you post yeah. About that. yeah so one of my really good friends um is alter ego uh ginger divine who was one of the storytellers mm-hmm. um and she is marvelous absolutely fantastic we didn't get there were so many people who showed up in support it was a wonderful um so my kids and i didn't get to go in to see the story time but i was glad to be there in support of um the event that got so much press um and had so much conversation around it um and I was really impressed by the show of people who in support of it. We had like 600 or 800 people who showed up in support um, and like five people who showed up in opposition. Um, and I got to take one of my very dear friends um, who I've known since he was four, who um, is transgender. And like when we showed up and saw the crowd of people, I was I was worried about what that group would look like whether it would be protesters and or supporters and to see how much support came, was came out for um an lgbt event like that was just really just really so so reno northern nevada to me nope. and it was good to see yeah. the community come out for yeah. something that like honestly if you don't like it you it just doesn't affect you at all yeah. like yeah oh you don't want a drag king a drag queen to read to your kids don't fucking take them then. No one's forcing their beliefs on you. Yeah. But But you're going to show up to force your beliefs on other people? Yeah. But what I do like about Reno, they do, like, there's a big section of Reno and Sparks that support the counterculture stuff. Even though we do talk about all the other people that don't, there is a big majority. It's growing bigger. And it's growing bigger and bigger, but for a long time. They're coming out of support of these things that maybe 20 years ago. So, yeah, growing up here, I remember as a Democrat, like we didn't you didn't talk about being a Democrat at dinner parties. Like you didn't you didn't have that conversation with people. It was something we didn't like didn't acknowledge in northern Nevada. It was very like only in the ballot boxes. And we are becoming a more. Yeah, I I remember being like super fucking mad. You're voting for fucking Bush. (laughs) What? What? I mean, Carrie, whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, how? And like, yeah, that was when I realized, oh, my God, everyone I know is a Republican. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like before that, did we really talk about it? No. I mean, like it was just not. That was the first election I voted in. And I realized that almost every single person I'd grown up with. Politics were a complete opposite of mine. Mm. 
Well, I didn't grow up with him. I moved. I'm not from here. So. <laughs> oh, see, I was from here. But I came from a family who immigrated from Canada, and so our background was very liberal. And, like, to be to be have family dinner conversations that were very liberal, but also to be, like, leaving the family house being, like, but also don't talk to your friends about this because people here don't believe these things. Like, it's changed a lot. It's it changed has. a lot. It has. Oh, mm. my God, it has. <laughs> well, thank you, Sarah, for answering yeah. the meandering questions. You did a good job. You've completed Thank that section you. of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> successfully. It's like Mario when he comes out the flag. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, one last thing. Uh, our hero of the week, Caesar. what is this? So, um, Shwin, if you could look up what or, city I'm sorry, heroine. Yes. So, especially, like, we're trying to, like, push a little bit more women because, like, they do awesome stuff. So, this female kickboxer who the nickname, Sean, would love this one, Petty Killer. And she's like international like champion of kickboxing and her boyfriend is a boxer when they're out they were out on holiday they helped a father that was just with kids from uh getting robbed damn yeah crazy and then it's like uh the city starts with like an m i forget like monaco it's not morocco it's like some other but they were on holiday somewhere and it was probably like a probably like a beach area or whatever but dad was getting robbed and the he was petty just, killer came up petty killer and threw my, some hands, yeah, and how and how threw some threw some knees and everything, and then like <laughs> the her boyfriend is a boxer as well. Is it? Are you sure it's not the pretty killer? Pretty killer? I thought it was petty. No, yeah, it's the the only one I can find is pretty pretty killer. Okay, I just uh, well, see, like that's why he's here. Yeah, <laughs> a, Br- a British female boxer. Yeah, yeah. and her boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, what city was it in? Pretty makes way more sense. I like, yeah, I, like, I, I like. I almost <laughs> said pretty when I saw <laughs> yeah. it, but then it said it said petty. And I, I like petty like, more. I was I was just definitely we reading. Like pettiness here. Yeah, the petty we like talking mm. about yeah, pettiness. and just smash Stop the pettiness. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna butcher that name. Uh, yeah, I don't know the name either. It was Morocco? just so her her name was Iman, uh, something. It's okay. And then like the boyfriend, yeah, but uh, her name was Iman Barlow. Yeah, and that was her name, and like she's like she's like famous in the kickboxing world. For international Using your winner. powers for good. Exactly. Like not you evil. Said earlier, with with much power comes much responsibility. Good job, Uncle Ben. <laughs> Uncle Ben, laying down. It's good, but yeah. Yeah, just some knowledge and dispensing justice. Exactly. The feet and Decades. knee of fury. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like awesome because the father was probably more concerned about the kid anyways, and then someone to help him out while he's helping his kids out. Well, before we go, we just got some local events we want to plug because there's a lot. Oh, a lot Summer is almost up. over, so some things as some things are dying down, other things are getting into effect, and so salutes the spoken views. Uh, they're going to start their weekly open mics next Wednesday, August 21st. They're going to have special guest poet uh, Mugabe Bianca, Bianca, I think, uh, will be there next Wednesday at 6 p.m. That's at the Holland Project. Then Tuesday, September 3rd. They will have Portland poets Bree and Kate will, pre- will be performing at the Holland Project at 5.30. So make sure to check both those uh, sweet poetry events out. And uh, every third Wednesday from then on out, they will be having open mics. So check that out at SpokenViewsReno.org. And then Saturday the 14th is the Literacy Crawl. Literary Crawl. Literary Crawl. Obviously, I need to go. And I just found this out. <laughs> so I'm going to be performing some poetry. Oh. There, there, they're doing a kar- say what a karaoke poetry contest, okay. and I'm going to be performing, and we're getting paid. I found out, dude. That's awesome. Nice. 
Yes. Yeah, so salutes to Lisa. Yeah. Garcia, she told me me and Ian the other day. I was like, what? At least get in, at least get in your beer sponsored. That's so uh, yeah, so but uh, that's going on all dates all around town. There's going to be events at Picnic, uh, at Loving Cup, and everywhere, all sorts of places in between mm-hmm. the bookstore. So uh, ch- check out more information on that. Just go to uh, the uh, liter the literary call t- once in the fall, <laughs> once in the spring. Yeah. Too many syllables there. So um, and then I'm having a gallery with my friend Mark uh, Ramirez. So it's going to be called Los Angeles Inside Out. He lives in L.A. now, and he does street photography. Also works for, like, a brand. I don't know if he wants me to say it, but he works for a brand out there. And he lives out there, also shoots street. So he's the inside. Same day. Yeah. He's the inside. I'm the outside perspective of Los Angeles street photography. September 14th at Lasting Dose. I think 6 o'clock. Flyer should be out by the time this comes out. So Nice. Yeah. And then the last thing. Salutes to, uh, oh, my God, Colin. Uh, Thursday, September 19th is Ignite Reno's 20th anniversary of their event, and uh, it's going to be at the Saint. Uh, tickets are on sale at Eventbrite. Just go to uh, Ignite Reno on Facebook. But uh, basically, like people give like f- like super short TED Talk style uh, talks. You get like 15 seconds per slide, and you get 20 slides, and uh, you can talk on any anything you, that you like are knowledgeable in monica did one on dating like a few years ago it was pretty fun it's awesome <laughs> yeah it's awesome so uh, check that out if you get it but that's that's the local events so mm-hmm. uh before we go sarah one what, more one more what was your biggest takeaway from your first legislative session and what are you looking forward to most uh in 2020 i think this is the most common question that i get um the takeaway question and um uh Communication is the biggest piece of getting effective legislation through being able to talk to people. Um, and w- regardless of whether you have the same ideology or not, like being able to just have conversations with people. Um, and, and, you know, there are areas that I need to be able to work on <laughs> for that. Um, but in particular, um, being able to say no, which I think is a particularly female problem. Um, but that's, that was my, my big takeaway. Um, and then looking forward to next session, um, getting to have 18 months to really develop and structure some good legislation, um, that, uh, that will benefit our communities. I'm looking forward to having a little more time than the last time. It's good. Yeah. And we're sure you do better. You know, sure you represent the, uh, citizens of Nevada well, so. Yeah, thank, thank you, you again for coming and joining us. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for having very me. Very inspiring yeah. and uh, informative interview. So mm-hmm. uh, we wish you nothing but the best going forward. And hopefully uh, we'll be back here in a few years to talk or yeah. talk next time. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Okay, yeah, for sure. And I then, appreciate uh, it. Thanks Schwinn, for Schwinn. Burger oh, champion yeah. of San Diego. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. Failed, <laughs> failed 2019. But, <laughs> but like, like you said, there, there wasn't a challenge for you anymore. There was only four extra Once burgers. Once you climb the year. wall. Once you climb the top. <laughs> Once you're at the top. We've been watching too much Game of Thrones. <laughs> 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 Once you climb to the top, you know, There's what do you have left, left to yeah. conquer? Yeah. But yeah, thanks for uh, coming on, through. hanging out. I know you listen all the time. We give you shout outs all the time. So I'm it's not awesome. going to have anything to listen to next week. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're on it. You already know. You know before everybody else. Well, uh, you know, make sure you check us out every Friday night from 9 to 11 on K Wink. 
We have our uh, our uh, two-hour hip-hop radio show up in the mix. And uh, listen to this and share it with your friends. Yeah. Leave us a comment or, you know, a like and give us a uh, a salute like, on uh, the interwebs. One of my favorite podcasters, Premium Pete, and he's like, tell a friend to tell a friend. There you go. And that's it. Pass it yeah. along. Pass it along. Uh, like a pyramid scheme. Exactly. <laughs> Except no one's Just making money. Just trickle down, guys. No one's making money here. Like trickle down economics, but yeah. it actually works. <laughs> But uh, yeah. until next time, this is Sean saying salutes. Stay cool, because apparently we got a heat wave coming. Yeah. And be hydra- keep hydrated. Uh, this is De La Photo. Follow your heart and uh, look two steps ahead all the time. <laughs> it's important. Peace. Salute. Salute.